2: again fellow basement dwellers nerds of all kind welcome back to the 198th installment of bandwagon nerds perilously close to 200 I mean very 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 close to 200 it is I I am the host today the lawyer Dave Unger as you heard last week our fearless leader Patrick O'Dowd has to work today which sucks for him but hey UMass football won and I think he's probably still picking him up off the floor after that one because he was not expecting that at all. But I am joined here today on episode 198 by some of my closest friends, compatriots, compadres in the nerd business. Uh, We're here to talk about all sorts of stuff. And of course, we will delve into some somber details near the end of this thing because can't really avoid it. But going around the horn today i am joined by the stalwart of uh, bandwagon nerds who's not named patrick O'Dowd or dave Unger. it is the live studio audience the one and only the main man himself the man who's missing all in to be here today the one and only pc tunny
3: yeah it was a very easy decision
2: (laughs) tunny will forever no sell aew on this show so how are you doing tunny
3: i'm good i'm i'm ready to get into more star wars because it's all star wars and then yeah we do have some uh somber farewells this week unfortunately
2: we do uh and and we will we will discuss that as we go along welcoming back to the show after a couple weeks of a hiatus it is the one and only another of the regulars here on the bandwagon the reverend ray cash i'm not even gonna I, i don't even have the sound to boo you ray you're safe this week but tunny does Just when you thought it was safe you know, to come back on the show. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ray.
4: You know what's, you know what's funny to me? You just mentioned that UMass One. If only the church had a football show that someone could talk about that on. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, greetings to my brothers, my brethren. Um, Yes, it's a rough day. I am watching All In currently, so that makes it even rougher. Uh, but, well, FTR and uh, the yeah, Young, Young Bucks are on
2: right now, aren't they?
4: Look, man, I just... We don't I know this and we're not really here to talk wrestling. All right. They're great, they're amazing, but that these matches aren't for me.
2: That's fine. That is that that is entirely up to you, Ray. It is always good. You know, and if the Cheer Shot football show is actually giving like coverage to UMass football, you guys probably need to rethink your format a little bit. Nah, uh, I'm just it, I'm just throwing that out there. Be.
3: It's, it's not. It won't be. Rage is <laughs> being a smart aleck. Patrick
2: would agree that, yeah, if you're covering you, Max, you probably need to re, re, uh, re-prioritize. Uh, also joining, this, joining us this week is a quasi-regular now on the bandwagon. Uh, you've heard him a lot on the Big Four Project and, of course, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast and all that sort of fun stuff. It is the one and only DJ. DJ, how are you doing on this lovely Sunday morning near the end of August where the asphalt is not melting in California? It's... Uh, Climate change, what's that? Anyway, DJ, how's it going, man?
5: Uh, Doing all right this week, uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, We're on the tail end of a a rough week for, you know, not only wrestling fans, but nerd fans and things like that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Kind of sad, Tony, not Tony, but uh, POD, Patrick O'Dowd, not here today because I'd like to continue our our fantasy warfare with each other. And one of the trailers in the trailer part that we're going to talk about uh, is the, the, the director of that is the, uh, the the ground zero of the feud between me and <laughs> Patrick O'Down. Oh, and I yeah. was like having a little bit of fun with that.
2: Oh, yeah. We will, we will talk about the uh, the longest teaser trailer in the history of teaser trailers later on today. But we are going to kick things off because we put a rap on The Witcher last week. Tony was very happy about that. As we, we kind of said, eh, it ended anticlimactically. And we started a new series this week, Ahsoka. Star Wars. I will insert some Star Wars music in here because we don't have an Ahsoka theme that we're really into yet, but let's just get some good old fashioned Star Wars music. Okay, so um, first two episodes of Ahsoka dropped this week. And uh, my take on it is, and just going around, like, reading people's uh, reactions on the internet, and even even IMing, or, or DMing, excuse me, I slid into Patrick's DMs, or maybe he slid into mine. I don't know. But we were talking about um, Ahsoka in, in a private chat that we were having. And um, Pat echoes a lot of the sentiments of a lot of people who weren't exactly feeling... These two first two episodes, they're good. Uh, some of the complaints I heard is it's too kid oriented. I don't exactly buy that. Uh, Patrick, not real thrilled with the um, the way that the, the heroes have been built up so far. He's not that interested in him. He's very interested in the in the bad guys, whoever they are. But I thought it was a pretty solid first two episodes. So long as you're familiar with Rebels, if you've not watched Rebels or even like the last season of Clone Wars or not familiar with the lore, it's really easy to get lost and say, who the fuck is Ezra Bridger and why do I care? But this is really, as I told, I think I told you guys, this is Rebels season five with live action. And as long as you're okay with that, and, and there's some other stuff that we're going to talk about in a minute, but I want to get some general observations. Tunny, I assume you watched the first two episodes, correct? He did. Brilliant. What did you think of the first two episodes of Ahsoka just overall in a general feeling before we kind of dig a little bit deeper into this?
3: I guess there's a a lot to take in considering the relationship that you, the starting point of the relationship you have here in these two episodes with between Ahsoka and Sabine, right? Because there's a lot of history there along with Ezra and everything else. And that kind of, like you said, if you don't really know that backstory and how much goes into it, you're kind of just trying to pick pieces here and there to kind of connect the dots while we're going. Um, I'm really interested in, in, um, What is it? Balin skull. Right. And, uh, Shin, I think is his apprentice. And those two are really interesting. Like, you can't tell me that we aren't back to the classic Jedi and Sith storyline. You can call them what you want, but, uh, it's just, it looks like a lot of fun. I know where they're going now and to see them get this map and fight over it and and the significance of it. And now the fact that we're going to get the re, you know, instituting of the Jedi Padawan relationship. Um, I think it's pretty good moving forward. It was just a lot to take in. And I'll be honest with you, I'm enjoying it. But at times, it feels like it's Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka and not uh, me watching Ahsoka.
2: (laughs) Right, right. And I mean, and and it's tough making that transition from, um, you know, the animation and, and how great Ahsoka was there to the live action. And she's done well in Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. And we've seen that. And now that this is full blown in your face, Ahsoka Tano, and that sort of thing, um, yeah, Balin Skull and, and Ray Stevenson, who, who of course we lost earlier this year, uh, I would say stole clearly stole the first two episodes of this show, and and, and the bad guys—they're not Sith, I don't think. There's something else, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. They were clearly—I think every all of us agree. I know Patrick does. They are much more interesting at this point in time than. What's going on with Ahsoka and Sabine? And there's a big gap in history that hopefully we're going to get some backstory. But before I get to that, DJ, did you, I know you watched episode one. I think you were going to try to get through episode two. Did you make it?
5: I did. I finished episode two probably about an hour, hour and a half ago. Um, I'm going to say, having never watched Rebels, having only watched a couple of episodes of um, the Clone Wars, I didn't know a whole lot about Ahsoka. I knew who she was. You know, I was familiar with the lore and all that. But just dropping myself off in the middle of Ahsoka, not knowing a lot of the backstory and a lot of the lore, I might be a weirdo, but I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying trying to put the parts and the pieces together. Um, and maybe just because I'm a fan of Rosario Dawson right now, I think she's she's understanding the assignment. I mean, like I said, I, I we're you know we're talking about what little I saw of Ahsoka. She was very fun, very energetic character. Rosario's Ahsoka seems to be much more subdued, but we're also talking about a much more mature character now. She was still a child, still a Padawan, still learning, still finding her way. And this Ahsoka that we're being presented on this TV show is more fleshed out, more formed. So I, while I can see Tony's point, it feels like Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka. To me, this is Ahsoka because I didn't really watch much of the animated stuff.
2: Well, that, yeah, and that's fair enough. And I I did, I sent you guys earlier this week, an article that IGN kind of did that. I said, this is a really good read, but don't read it until you watch the first two episodes. So I would, I would tell you, uh, DJ, go back and read that. And it will really fill in some of the gaps as to, as the story and, and things that are actually going on. Ray, did you get a chance to actually watch any of this? I know you were kind of on the fence and I wasn't sure whether you got to any of it. Did you get to any of Ahsoka episode one or two?
4: Oh, I'm not on the fence. I just forgot it came out this week, <laughs> and I remember it yesterday.
6: <clears throat>
2: Gonna get your nerd card and pulled for that, man.
4: Look, man. Hey, it happens to the best of us. And unfortunately, I chose Ahsoka Cole Bebe and Lord Admiral Friedman over Ahsoka. <laughs> the
5: Double whammy in 30
4: seconds. But but what I do know about Ahsoka, kind of what you guys are mentioning. Go ahead. Just get it out the way now. You're gonna do it anyway. Go ahead. It's just, I'm about to get food at again. Um I know what I know from the book of Mandalorian, season two and two and a half. And I know she's fine because Rosario Dawson fine. Let me in. Here we go. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it as soon as. All out, all in, out, all whatever. This is over. All, right.
2: all it's all so, in and all out. It's like a week long thing. Between, by the two. way, fuck him for doing that. I know thing, bro. That's, you that you want who the
5: fuck is paying fifty bucks today and then fifty bucks next week. Dave, are you paying hundred bucks
4: over the next seven days for it, AEW it, programming? De-
2: it depends how good to you know and as well whether I'll go no, and do that. No,
4: no, no, like ain't no, ain't no way in hell, bro. Like. All right. Rock, Rock and Stone Cold could wrestle Friday next week. I'm not paying shit. <laughs> I
5: ain't I paying 50 is. bucks for a WWE pay-per-view in 2023, and I'm, an AE, right. I'm a WWE All drone. Right.
2: Patrick is throwing his phone a- at the wall right now because we're talking wrestling. <laughs> and there's only going to be a- enough w- wrestling Big- discussed here today. So. A- and Tony's over here keeping his mouth shut.
4: I'm about to say, AEW's biggest fan, Poon Chaser, over there is probably going to watch next week.
2: Yeah poonslayer the nephew of Slayer. that's uh pc tunny look uh getting back to ahsoka and ray you're you're kind of forgiven you know i know you got stuff going on but let let's dig a little bit deeper into the first two episodes and ray if you want to cut out you don't want it spoiled you know you can listen nothing's really happened major i think other than yeah i see what ray's doing he's just gonna (laughs) um so in the first episode like you guys are saying we get we get this idea or this notion that there's that Thrawn is returned from somewhere. And if you watch rebels, what happens in rebels is Ezra Bridger, who's a force sensitive uh, Jedi who has a special link to animals, which is very different than any of the other Jedi before him, who he's almost like, you know, beast boy and Aquaman sort of thing where he can communicate through the force with living other living creatures. And what are you laughing about? Tony, 'Cause I said awkward. He's
3: actually just a no, he's actually just a descendant of Steve Irwin.
2: Gosh, he, Rocky. Anyway, uh, so he Y'all had, put Buddy Irwin on the TV show? Isn't that his name, buddy? Anyway, er, Ezra contacts these uh force whales called Pergil, and they basically take him and Thrawn and they vanish, and no one knows where. Well, now they have figured out kind of where Thrawn has re-emerged, which raises a question where's Ezra Bridger? And you know, they get sabine because they've got this map that ahsoka gets and no one knows how to read it for some reason she thinks sabine can read it sabine was a a mandalorian kind of sort of an apprentice of ahsoka but not there's like i said there's a big gap in the story that we're missing here that i'm kind of hoping they'll backfill with us you know where they're going to tell us what exactly why was there a big falling out between ahsoka and sabine and how did she end up here on this one world and now ahsoka is going to find her and that's kind of Meanwhile, on the other si- side, you know, it starts off with, like Tony saying, Balin and his uh his apprentice show up using an old Jedi code that whoever's on this re- you know New Republic ship doesn't buy it for a second. Wants them to, uh, yeah, Balin and what is the apprentice name Shin. Shin. And so they basically take out this entire ship. And uh, you, I mean, and it's it's very similar to like you know Vader or Luke showing up on that ship and just wailing everybody in sight so you know the race is kind of on to find this map and near the end of episode one you know ahsoka has enlisted sabine and has flat out told her don't leave this ship with the map and of course sabine and just you know questionable motive questionable move on her part leaves only to get accosted by shin at the outpost and Decides that the limited amount of training that Ahsoka gave her, she thinks she's good to go against what is clearly some sort of force-sensitive Sith-ish um, Jedi. I don't know, Sith commando master. And uh, Sabine gets her ass kicked and gets stabbed right in the chest with a lightsaber. Now, and that, and you know, that's where they leave off. And had had you know, had there not been a second episode, that'd been a great place for a cliffhanger. Like shit, they're gonna kill her. What is this, Deadpool two? We're gonna kill off the main character in the first five minutes. <laughs> But um, anyway, so, you know, the, the notion is and, and Sabine and Ezra obviously have a very interesting relationship and and she's watching the hologram that he sent her before he left. So, you know, at the outset, you've got this thing, you know, Thrawn is back. We can presume Ezra's back somewhere. Sabine and Ahsoka are reconnecting. And then you've got Balin. You've got uh, you've got Shin and they've got this other gal who they're trying to um to get out. And I forget her name and I'm trying to look at it right now, but she's like a main, she's like a witch of Dathomir, I think is what they were saying. Elspeth. Yeah. Morgan, Morgan Elsbeth.
3: Um, Elsbeth. They call her Elsbeth. Elsbeth. Saying so, that saying Thrawn is calling to her.
2: Yes. Thrawn is calling to her from across the cosmos. So uh, DJ, let me throw it out to you first. Um, stuff that stood out in episode one to you.
5: Uh, You know, definitely the map to finding Thrawn was a a big thing. And I like that they've got several different subplots. You know, what happened with Sabine and Ahsoka? Um, You know, where's Thrawn? Where does uh, the the two Sith-esque, you know, Jedi come fall into all of this? It's, there's several plot points here that I'm really interested in. Like I said, having dropped myself in this with no backstory, um, I'm I'm intrigued by it and I want to see where it's going. Um, Right now, that's kind of what I'm hooked with. Tuddy, what what
2: are your thoughts on this
5: i at times in the first episode i think by the second
3: episode i was enjoying it a little bit more but at the times in the first episode where i was like oh well that was a really cool fight scene right um i think they kind of opened with something where she cut the poles in and defeated like five or six different droids at the same time high level battle droids and um That was great, but then at times, like you said, they're getting into the story, and I was just like, man, this is just not hitting with me right now the way they were doing it. But I think it's getting better. I think it's growing on me. I like the relationship between Sabine and her cat that has a flat face and it has like chicken slash dinosaur legs, which I think is kind of cool and Fox's ears. So that seems like a cool little pet. Uh, but it also seems like that was Ezra's kind of thing too, wasn't it? So right. it's her connection to, to Ezra still. But yeah, I mean the, the map looks interesting. The way that they're going about this looks pretty good. And and then like, I think it's one, episode one, right? The clear defiance of Sabine right off the bat when they finally get back together. Um, Ahsoka, tells her do not take that with you and she does anyway and you know it just seems like Hera Hera's Hera's the general right she seems like just the the glue kind of the go-between between between the two of them trying to make things work so those are some of the things I've enjoyed
2: yeah she's the voice of reason in this whole thing trying to play peacemaker um, and seems to be the most uh, emotionally detached from the whole situation which of course and if you know about Jedi's emotions attachment All bad things for Jedi. Um, When we get to episode two, Sabine somehow survives this. And I told Pat, I said, I said, my problem with it is like, this is the same um, wound that killed Qui-Gon. And Patrick's like, well, Qui-Gon was more center chest. This was a little bit off to the side. And I know lightsaber wounds will cauterize immediately and that sort of thing. But it still was like, how the hell did she survive that? Um, But she does. And she recovers. And we know that... um, you know what? What we end up with is is they all go to Balin, um, the apprentice Morgan. Yeah, Balin, Shin, and Morgan all go to some strange planet. I'm not sure where it is. And they use the map and they place it in there. And you get. And I thought this was like a callback to Force Awakens. You know, there's a map. There's a piece missing. The map to Luke Skywalker. Now we've got the map to Thrawn. And I think the important thing to note about this is that he is in a. They've been teleported to a different galaxy and anybody who spends time with the who spent time in dj i think you said you previously you did the star wars extended universe which disney kind of came out and said that's not really canon any longer well then they do this and this brings kind of the extended universe into the disney universe and now you're thinking well maybe it is canon after all or they're trying to make it canon it's easy with the star wars you, you know when you're thinking of star wars to think galaxy far far away you think a galaxy and you just think they're just jumping between galaxies they really don't and no, all they just of
5: them jump between star systems in the same galaxy
2: right it's like us jumping between you know the milky way systems in the milky way and then you know we don't andromeda is like our nearest neighbor but shit that's a that's a long way away and it's an entirely different galaxy and here you're here that's basically what's happened is thron and ezra have been taken from the milky way and basically taken to andromeda where the rules, if you follow the extended universe, the rules in different galaxies are completely different. There's some where the Force doesn't even exist at all. And a lot of speculation that some of those beings who are from this galaxy have been involved in Star Wars and other mediums and have been a problem for the Jedi and stuff like that, uh, that maybe they're introducing them here. But yeah, it's a big deal that Thrawn is in an entirely different galaxy. Here's the map to that. Now you've got some real interesting possibilities as to how they're going to go from one galaxy to the next and get him so you know i thought that was a big thing you know ahsoka gets in in another another some other fights with some other stuff she's got to track these guys down it's basically going to be a race to find thrawn and ezra um dj i'll turn it over to you first episode two kind of maybe open pandora's box a little bit as far as stuff that star wars is going to get into things that dave filoni And, you know, because here's the thing I was going to get to you guys. We know in the sequel trilogy, you never see Ahsoka. You never see Mando. You never see Grogu. Something obviously happened. Um, And, you know, it's like, wow, all this important stuff is going on and they're not in the sequel trilogy. You know, so this is a lot of gap filling. But DJ, I know you did spend time with the extended universe. Do you see them with this move trying to kind of maybe bring that in a little bit?
5: I think you have to. I think if you're going to expand the Star Wars universe, you can't exactly um, ignore the stuff that was put to print, you know, a decade or two ago. At some point, you've got to kind of mine that, find out what you can use that's still cohesive with what they've already put on film. And, you know, while I think that'll be really hard to do, I think they've already screwed the pooch with the twins, um, you know, so we're not going there, obviously. Um, but I think there are other things you can mine from and bring those in, and I'm I'm definitely interested. Obviously, Thrawn is part of that extended, you know, that extended universe, so to speak, and you know everything surrounding him. So it'll be interesting. I did have a question though, only because I didn't watch, uh, like I said, I didn't watch Rebels and I didn't watch the second half of um, the Clone Wars. Was it established already that she's Mandalorian, Sabine, or is that a new twist? In this series, I
2: think she was established because I know, like, my nephew was very upset that they were going to take her from being Mandalorian to Jedi because he's not a fan of the Jedi. Um, and okay. I think he was so I think so. I'd have to go back and watch it, I don't remember 100%, but I think she was Mandalorian and kind of dabbling with the trading with Ahsoka to be a Jedi. But yeah, I'm I'll not, have I'm to, not
5: I may actually go back and watch those now that I'm hooked on Ahsoka because I want to understand a bit more what I'm watching. I may go ahead and try and slot those in somewhere.
2: Yeah, I think <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I'm thinking about going back and doing it as well. Uh, Tony, I don't know. You probably didn't spend a lot. I know it's all Star Wars for you, but it may not have been enough Star Wars for you to say, you know what, I want to read all this crazy timeline of from heir to the empire going forward, you know, that sort of thing. Um, what are your, What are your thoughts about, you know, we're going to get an entirely different galaxy in the Star Wars mythology here where the laws of physics, their their laws of physics in this galaxy may not jive with the Star Wars laws of physics that we know. Oh. The Force may not exist. It may be an entirely different shit show that we're running into here.
3: Yet at the same time, though, it feels a lot like A New Hope, or or it feels a lot like Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan. It It just feels more like Star Wars than... Mandalorian did, or Boba Fett did, and, and things of that nature. It feels like we're back on that. This is this is the main thing happening, especially when you tell me you got uh, an apprentice, a Padawan, a pilot <laughs> working together against um, you, you know two Sith lords. You could put in quotation marks and a higher power that they're kind of working for. Does this not sound familiar? Because the game plan is like, hey, we're gonna you know run the sweep to the right and on third down play action, but whatever, you know, I, I'm enjoying it. I don't know necessarily that this is all going to explain your question, Dave, of why they weren't so involved, but it would actually make sense if they're in this separate universe. Basically. That's what right? I was. You guys, I
2: thought, as, as you're saying so that I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a second. What if they're all trapped in this other galaxy for some reason? And that's they're, why they're not here.
3: Yeah. While they're doing this, that's happening. It could
5: be some things like that of, of you know... Kind of like the 300 and the, what was it, the 300 Rise of a Nation. They were happening simultaneously. Parallel timelines, right? They're not intersecting. Linear, it's a linear yep. linear timeline. So
3: it, it's just interesting to see what's going to happen from that, because I think you definitely have the characters and the power and everything of that nature. I thought it was really neat when uh, Elspeth opened it up and said, this is our galaxy, right? And this is, like, basically, this is the universe <laughs> in the bubble, right? Like, we're very tiny. We need to go all the way over there, too, right? So I think that's going to be really interesting. Like you said, who knows what lies ahead for us when we go that far away. But it was a really good perspective to get from it as well. And like you said before, Balan Skull, oh, my goodness, he's so believable as the power that he has and the significance and the way he carries himself and plays his character. It's just too bad, you know. Um, but I'm enjoying it. And I just really thought it drew a lot of parallels. I hope that Ahsoka Rosario, you know, kind of grows on me a little bit more, but I think the story's getting better. I think we have enough to kind of latch ourselves to what we want to see here. And I'm in for the ride. Let's see what happens. It should be really interesting. I love the, I love the Mandalorian with Sabine background. I think that is the canon for that outer liar.
2: And, um, you know, I, I think it, it it just, you know, that that could very well be what happened is that they didn't perish. They're in this other gal. And I mean, there's a whole storyline you can do with Ray trying to find Ahsoka and Mando and Grogu, assuming that they show up at some point in time and all end up in this other galaxy. You know, maybe they've got something like that. But I, I think like Ahsoka story, Tony might get more um, palatable to you. Or, you know, you might develop a bigger connection once they start bringing Anakin in, because, you know, Hayden Christensen's coming in. You know that Anakin is going to be there. And Balin says in the previews, we all knew Anakin. Not many lived to see what he turned into.
3: And if I remember correctly and I and I read a credible enough source, I do believe that Hayden Christensen voiced some new lines for Anakin Skywalker here.
2: I think he's in this show. I'm pretty sure he showed he makes an appearance. um. You know, and I think the big thing about Rebels is is the world between worlds and time travel and the concept that Ezra actually goes back in time to intervene with Ahsoka's battle with Vader and kind of saves her. So you've got elements of extra galaxies, distant galaxies. You've got elements of time travel. You've got all these other things that are going on. This series could be uh, a real big stepping off point for where star Wars goes from here. And kind of like it may not solely be about Ahsoka. Ahsoka may just be a launching pad for something.
3: I think you're hitting the nail on the head because we got to somehow transition into the new phase of what they're trying to do here with the next cinematic release of star Wars.
2: I got to wake up Ray before he falls asleep. You know, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) Ray, I know you haven't seen the first two episodes. You got any thoughts on, on this whole notion of, uh, of Star Wars expanding the galaxy and potentially like you know do you think that maybe that's where Ahsoka and, and Mando and all these other guys that they're locked in some other galaxy paralleling whatever the events were of the sequel trilogy
4: no i think it's a different timeline i think they're all in the same place well clearly ray is cuz ray's from Tatooine right so right and and we've we've been back to Tatooine on the Mandalorian so like i think they're all in the same place existing in the same space just different timelines. Now clearly this is after what's happened with um particularly the 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 um original ones, the original uh, is, trilogy. Yeah, this
2: is after Jedi for sure.
4: Yeah, because the the because the uh what we call it? Because the first uh first order is, is is like the the Siths are gone and everybody's essentially gone and hiding and hiding. But perfect example to give you the time period when Bo-Katan um, lost the um, Darksaber to Mando when Luke saved him, right? You said that already? Uh,
5: he's muted. I think he said, I'm going to go take a leak. I'll be back in a
4: minute. I think that's what
5: he said. Oh, Is
2: that what he said? No. Oh, he's got his, his replica oh, he has, Darksaber. He has, he has his own Darksaber. Added- World's, greatest letter adding, o- World's greatest letter opener. And it was adding to the conversation. When,
4: But when that happened, at the end of Mando season one, um, it was young Luke, right? So clearly, yes. they're in, they're 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 existing in the same world. My, right. my and I end, think a Mando Mando. Mando.
5: and a lot of these shows are taking place within the first five years or so after the fall of the empire. That's when right. clearly the new movies take place twenty five to thirty years after the fact.
0: So there's Listen a now. huge
5: gap in between the current um, TV series and the the the, the, per, the sequels.
3: Well, and isn't that one of the biggest things that's happening as we get? Uh, what is it, Hera and Ahsoka touring the the disassembling yes. plant and the re- repurposing plant, basically, yes. where we find out that there's actually still Empire loyalists that are trying to make sure that these pieces get shipped out. And doesn't it seem like that main piece that got away from them while they threw the tracker on there looked like that was we going see. to Thrawn, who was building a brand new, like evil empire ship or something. That's what I took from it.
2: Right. And we saw that in Mandalorian season three pockets of Imperial sympathizers who um, were instrumental in the creation of the first order. So that's, that's consistent with what they're doing. And I think, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, where we're going to go, but yeah, I I think that pretty much sums up episodes one and two. We've got the introduction of a brand new galaxy that we're going to go to Thrawn is there. Um, They've gotten the tracker on the ship. So, you know, they, they, uh, the bad guys think that they are not being tracked. They are, and they will be going there to find them. You know, when, when exactly does Ezra show up? This is an eight episode run. You got to figure he's coming sooner rather than later when the, th- when the Thrawn show up, when do we get some of this, you know, you know, ah- Ahsoka has got to come to terms with whatever happened between her and Anakin, which was a lot, you know, where she walks away and then she battles him as Darth Vader in that epic fight on rebels. So yeah, it's I think it's a it's a good start to the series. It's not overwhelmingly great. I do agree with Pat that the villains are more interesting than the uh, the good guys at this point in time. The Jedi that could change as we get a little bit deeper and, and we start to peel back the layers of these relationships. I think Ezra's probably going to be there, a big key as to anchoring this thing and pushing it forward.
3: Last fun question for you guys uh, that watched it, and Ray he can chime in next time he's on after he gets a little taste of the series. Is what do you think of Ahsoka and Hera's droids, Chopper and Huyang?
2: Chopper is um, very beloved from the Rebel series, and I think he's a lot of people wanted to see him in live action. So he was funny. He, he was, was funny right away.
3: Trying to get the um, tracker onto the ship, you know, like, did you go through my stuff? <laughs> where is it? And Ahsoka knows where it is. And then Huyang Yang seems more like the very supportive and almost like Alfred kind of like, you know, assistant to Ahsoka.
2: Very different from like C3PO, you know, and he's, yeah. uh, he's, he's um, very supportive
3: and a reason for Sabine getting her shit together. Yeah, too.
2: Not, quite as naive as, as C-3PO, that's for sure. And, and much, much more interactive, like you said, and more motivating for sure. And, you know, it really helps Sabine when she's at a very low point to get, you know, get your head out of your ass and get going. Um, Yeah.
5: I was about to say that I like how he guilt tripped her into picking her lightsaber back up again. He's like, yeah, you're probably not as good as the other, as the other kids I saw try and pick this up. And he's kind of looking at her side-eyed and she's looking at him. And it's like, you pick it, you figure out what he's doing. And it's, it's a cool little
2: nuance. Right. I mean, she's got less talent. Sabine was, as far as I know, not very Force-sensitive. So when you look at how that sort of stuff plays out.
3: At the same time, though, they expected her to be the only one to figure out the map. So, you know, it's some kind of power that she can derive from, you know.
2: Well, I think I think Ray's very dissatisfied with All In. So let's, uh, let's take our first commercial break so we can. <laughs> Racer shaking his head. Maybe we get to these trailers. Dog, uh, if if you if you saw this,
4: what they're fucking doing right now, bro? Orange Cassidy broke broke a bottle, taped his hand backwards with uh with duct tape, and he's pulling the old uh, balls Mahoney type I, Axel riding Taipei. He his fist is covered in
2: glass. So it's he's a Taipei fist match.
4: Well, he's <laughs> turned into that. I'm, hey, Patrick, we know you love it. Sorry, it's like
2: it's like. <laughs> live action yeah, live to action Patrick
4: O'Dowd in the worst
3: possible way this week Patrick I've been visually I've been visually disapproving the entire time
2: just it's so like you know. a live action kickboxer but anyway is
5: Patrick next is Patrick back next week I'm just going to play the commercial right if now. If he's here next week, I don't want to be here for the ass-chewing. <laughs>
6: yeah.
5: <laughs> I don't um, want to be here for that. I have enough heat with Patrick.
2: Let's let's go to our first commercial break here. I got to remind you guys, you were listening to the uh, Bandwagon Nerds, part of the Chairshot Radio Network here on the thechairshot.com. Before we go to commercial, Tony, yes, I will want you to do it, but let people know there's some sweet Chairshot merch out there. Where can people get their grubby little paws on it?
3: Oh, well, Bandwagon Nerds has a shirt right there at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Check it out. Get yourself a T-shirt for the upcoming Labor Day weekend. I'll bet you that the password code Labor Day should get you 20% off. We got everything that you need. We even got soft style tank tops. Head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. BWN198. We'll be right back right here on Chair Shot Radio Network.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.
4: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: And we're back here on Bandwagon Nerds episode number 198. Ray writing stuff on his dry erase board. I'm sure it's not going to be good. But it's going to be some, something about, oh, and Tunney's going to match that with his. I wish you guys could see this. It's like the first time in 198 episodes that we've had like dry erase competition going on at the same time. It's, it's kind of fun. It's like,
5: it's like we're playing Pictionary. Did you ever play Pictionary? I did. This is what, what Tunney and Ray are doing right now. They're playing Pictionary on, on, uh, on, a, on an audio medium.
2: <laughs> okay thanks thanks for the update ray we're getting re- live all-in results from ray Tony reminding us that raw is on tomorrow night thank you but we are gonna go <laughs> no y'all want to do
4: a record a show in the middle of a major pay-per-view we wouldn't be doing the show if wrestlemania was on that's
2: well we might be but they would have been smarter they would have hard. put it in the afternoon but anyway we're gonna go to the trailer park right now we got some good trailers to talk about this week including the one the main event of this whole thing that is going to be i hope dj does come on next week to incur the wrath of patrick o'dad <laughs> when we talk about uh, the trailer for rebel moon but uh we're gonna kick this thing off of course we've got to go to uh if we're going to the trailer park we got to get some banjos going All right, so the first trailer was given to us by our good friend PC Tunney. It stars, you know, I, I mean, as much as you want to get away from wrestling on this episode, there is simply no way to do it. Sorry, Pat, it's just kind of what's going on right now. Uh, the first trailer we're going to talk about, shared by PC Tunney, starring our good friend John Cena. Who problem is you just can't see him? But it's a movie called Freelance. I think it's a movie, right, Tunney? It's not a, it's not a special, is it? Where's Tunney? The movie. It's a, movie. it's a movie so it it's it's it stars john cena and john cena apparently is a special forces op you know who has been retired and the thought that being a lawyer wouldn't be soul crushing enough to you know to do that so he decides to become an attorney and then for some reason he's brought out of retirement for one mission to protect somebody who feels a lot like you know uh, one of these panamanian presidents you know who side with the drug cartels or i don't know but it it looks like john cena in a, in a humorous role meets some action and stuff like that is going on you know it, it, john cena continues to just be a huge star and getting bigger all the time ray this is a perfect time to kick this over to you man since you haven't talked much what did you think of freelance man john cena continuing to own the world apparently well, he
4: did tell us whether fighting or spitting, his discipline <laughs> is unforgiving. He got him backing up in a defensive position. Apparently, this was an ass kicking anthem. <laughs> so, um,
2: <the laughs> nice, nicely done. Docker, thank you. Um,
4: no, you said it perfectly, man. Your boy, everywhere, ain't you? he? Yes. like the, the movie with Jackie Chan, the um, Vacation Friends just came out this week, Vacation Friends 2 with Lil Rel. My boy, everywhere, bro. Like, he, he, he getting it. He's going through like what I like to call his Batista phase, in that you know when Batista. Now it's hilarious because Batista had to do this to get popular. Cena was our, came in the game popular, but Batista had a run there for about two years where <clears> every <throat> movie he could do, even if it was DVD to to, to you know straight to DVD, he was doing it. Um, but hey, man, shout out to my boy, he killing it. Allison Bree, big time, great actress. Mrs. Franco, uh, I am i I'm. I, I really wish, really, really wish it was a Netflix or a Apple or something movie. Plan like paying a dime to see this shit, <laughs> but I'll watch
2: it. Well, you get a chance on October sixth to watch it, so not that far off. At least there's still some entertainment going into the theaters. Not a whole lot, Tony. You shared this with us. What are your thoughts on this latest uh, adventure of Mr. Cena? I
3: thought it was really cool to see Christian Bale. Um, I think He's the guy. Slater. Slater. Sorry, Christian Slater. Son of a bitch. Um. Yeah, uh, gleaming the cube, not Batman. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. He's the guy that talks Cena to coming out of retirement, right? So he's kind of like his his ops boss or whatever, something like that. But it seems fun. Allison Bree, I mean, anytime you get Allison Bree's boobs in in line, that's that's fun. What? What's your problem,
4: Rand? My dumbass was like, Christian Slater watches wrestling. I'd really <laughs>
6: <laughs> really there's a title uh, for the, the episode christian slater, christian slater watches wrestling like, don't maybe. do it bro
3: <laughs> maybe he does i don't Light. know it just uh, it feels like it could have been like uh it could have been like this is like the marine 12 or something you know cena's back out of retirement it me to it. but it, it looks fun i think i'll watch it when it gets on to whatever streaming service it ends up whoever the movie company lends itself to but you know, John Cena in an R-rated action comedy alongside Christian Slater and Allison Brie and her boobs. I'm in.
2: Allison Brie and her boobs.
3: DJ, are are, are hey, you uh, that-
4: you watching enough Allison Brie? You realize that they are her co-stars. Oh, they're real. They're spectacular.
2: <laughs> DJ, are you sold on the movie, or are you just sold on Allison Brie's boobs?
5: I've sold on the movie as well. Um, you know, as the well. booms obviously are a big draw. Um, it's two main reasons to go and watch it., uh, we'll probably definitely watch watch this on streaming. I do have a question though, as I'm watching the trailer, they pull his ass out of retirement for twenty thousand dollars. Like I feel like this should be like a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollars job, not, twenty thousand dollars like i feel like that's like lowballing this guy for what they're asking him to do
2: if you're an attorney and you're coming out of the of whatever you're doing for a mere twenty thousand i'm questioning like what are you doing john
5: what <laughs> he's do not you, a very good attorney if are you starving that are much? you
2: like pro bono all the time is that what you're doing or is it like it's like shit come he's on he's matt murdoch
5: he's working for fish
2: yeah exactly it's like what? it's like that, that <laughs> fuck. <fish. laughs> My God. Somebody help (laughs) this. What? (laughs) Working working
6: for fish. we
4: save that drop? That boy's working for fish. Jesus.
2: Oh, yes. Anyway. That was a nice
4: callback to the Ben
5: Affleck Daredevil movie. It was. For those of you that missed the reference. Oh, my God.
2: John Cena working for fish. Coming out of retirement (laughs) um, to throw a $20,000, $20,000 payday. Wow. Yeah. There's a a plot hole there somewhere. I'm sure. But, uh, Hey, it's John Cena. John Cena continues to just, you know, he's everywhere. Like Ray said, he he might be going through his Batista phase, but the man is just churning out movies. I mean, he's challenging Nicholas Cage for this shit. Let's address
3: that though. I think as big a part as you can come up with differences specifically for like the MCU to the DCU to the Star Wars universe. And you can do different things as far as actors go portraying different things. But the careers of The Rock and John Cena and Batista, to me, are all completely different. They are. Right. Mm -hmm. The Rock wanted to be the most mainstream pop culture action star, whether he and he he almost exclusively was PG, PG PG-13 and doing it. But Deesa wanted to take on roles that meant something. And he had to dive into it. He had to become believable as those parts. John Cena. John Cena wants to make you laugh and be John Cena. He just wants to entertain. Every movie I've ever seen of John Cena's and I've seen a lot of them. It's basically a, a part of John Cena.
2: Right. And he. Really, I'm the, okay with that. The, yeah. the crazy
3: vacation guy, friends, you know, the, the Marine, the, 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 the believable hero. And then now it's like, he is older. He is kind of back from his career so yeah can he come back out of retirement and do it again i think the premise looks pretty good and like i said allison brie I, I
5: i have a respect for for actors that really are unashamedly just the same person like i take danny trejo i respect the hell out of danny trejo he's the same dude in every film and i absolutely
4: adore him but, I'm, I, but I, I appreciate it too but the disappointment is and i mean no disrespect to danny trejo because he's actually If you look past the typecasting and the fun he has, he's actually a really talented actor. He's quite talented. The disappointment is when you typecast yourself, like especially a guy like John Cena, Cena has genuine acting chops. You're going to laugh at me for bringing this up. But if you've seen the movie Legendary, yeah, nobody's disputing that. So, yeah. Um, If you've seen the movie Legendary, he did. That was the old WWE movie when he first started. He hadn't even learned how to act yet. And that, like, he's really good emotionally in it. He, yeah. ha- he knows how to bring you in emotionally. So you typecast yourself in these roles. Like, The Rock knows I'm never winning the damn Oscar. Yeah. Cena but- and Batista have the chops.
5: Cena was really good in, uh, God, it just fell right out of my head, Peacemaker. Like, he really showed mm-hmm. some range. There was some really deep moments in Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. When you get past the fact that the Peacemaker character is a complete buffoon, Mm Because this is why my girlfriend won't watch it. I keep trying to talk her into watching it. She's like, she didn't care for his character in the Suicide Squad movie. I'm like, they peel away those layers in Peacemaker and expose more of why he's an idiot, why he's a buffoon. And those things made Peacemaker such
2: an enjoyable show. Agreed. And there's never a wrong time to rock. So you just got to keep that in mind. Rock on. Uh, let's move to our next trailer, which uh, will be, you know, and, and this one, this one is a legitimate reason why we're talking about wrestling on this one, because we did get a trailer for a brand new Netflix series coming up that Aesop Mitchell could give two shits about um, DJ. I don't know how you feel about it being an ex wrestler yourself, but it's, it's, it's basically a series coming to Netflix starting September 13th on OVW. And it's just called wrestlers. And Um, it, it it seems to be a a documentary and Netflix does these things lately. They're, they're all about kind of following whether it's F1, whether it's a PGA tour, whether it's a a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL, they like doing these kind of looks. I think they're doing one for tennis as well, but they like to follow these sports, uh, around and kind of get behind the scenes, get some compelling storylines, some captivating personalities, um, I'll turn it to you first, DJ. What do you think? I mean, I I love Al Snow. I think Al's one of the best guys in the business. I've interviewed him before. Always down to earth. Very matter of fact. If you follow him on Facebook, he has like some funny stuff he posts just about every day. Um, But he's been, you know, vested with control of OVW. And of course, we know the aforementioned John Cena came from OVW. The aforementioned Dave Bautista came from OVW. So it was NXT before there was NXT. But DJ, as a as a as a former wrestler, what are your thoughts on this? Are you like an Aesop's position where you're like, ah, screw this, or are you kind of interested in it?
5: I'm a little interested in it. I'm interested. I I'm a big fan of where they came from versus where they end up, and I like to see this this early on. Like, I'm sure most of it is going to be crap. It's probably going to be, you know. Heavily kayfabe in some areas. I think the world of Al Snow is a creative mind in the professional wrestling business. Interested to see what his vision of a pro wrestling show is going to be. Um, there seems to be, just in some circles that I run with and people that I chat with, some issues with this Hollywood Haley J. I don't know a lot about her, but I think she's a heat magnet in all the wrong ways. So I. I have a feeling just in the, in the trailer, she's probably going to be somebody who turns me off very quickly, but if I can peel back, peel past that, I think I might at least find aspects of the show enjoyable.
2: Ray, you were nodding emphatically when, uh, when DJ was talking about Hollywood Haley J or whatever the hell her name is. You've mentioned her before, um, yes, that she rubs some people the wrong ways, you know, probably going to draw in some viewers because of that. But at the same time, you know, controversy breeds cash, that sort of thing. <clears throat> Not your kind of cash, Ray Cash, but the other kind of cash. But well, it's the same. Cash is cash. <clears throat> anyway, your thoughts on on this uh on this series where it's going and about this uh one individual specifically, because I know you've talked about her before.
4: Well, I'm I'm glad that they brought that up because initially so for I enjoyed the Monster Factory show with Danny Cage on Apple TV Plus. That was I really enjoyed that. You know, I really enjoyed that, right?
2: (laughs) Dry Um, racing adventures here.
4: So this is in the vein of that. And again, as we all agree, Al Snow is one of the best creative minds in the biz. And OVW quietly has been like killing it for a while now in terms of as indies go. But when the the problem when you have these shows is you have to shape these shows around a certain number of the wrestlers. You have to, you have to, it's remember when, uh, NXT did the ESPN 360 or the uh, E60 thing a few years back, and they had to shape it around a few people. Breeze, Woods, um, Adam Rose. Like, you have to pick the people who are going to tell the story by. When they chose Hollywood, Haley J.
2: Holly Hood, Is, that, is I, that what it really is?
4: Hollywood. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, and give her, I, I want to say positive things about her, she is a very good wrestler. And she comes from greatness because her mom is a wrestling legend in her own right. I don't remember her name. I apologize. But her mom wrestled <laughs> for a while. Your mom's a wrestling right? legend. <laughs> Nobody knows who she is. Indy. Well, to be fair, in women's wrestling, how many women did we know that wasn't in WWE 20, 30 years ago? I didn't know who Serena's mom was until yeah. There you go. she became
5: a WWE star.
2: Well, but hey, if you weren't named Sapphire, uh, I don't know who the hell you are. So, oh, sorry, Ray. Go Exactly.
4: Ahead. No, no, yeah, you're, you're making my point for me. And shout out to Miss Knight, by the way. She's out right now, actually. Um, but uh, the problem with her is, I, I understand that wrestling is built on stereotypes. And as a black man, there are certain stereotypes that I've had to learn to endure and accept, whether I like them or not. So then the question becomes the tact that is implicit with the gimmick. I think of a guy like Scotty Too who never made the attempt to be black. He the entire gimmick was a goofy ass white dude who likes hip hop. He never pretended to be acting black. Right, right. I appreciated that. Uh, even a smaller level of that gimmick is um, um, Ray Gordy's son um, before he became a biscuits and gravy dude. He had a gimmick like, and that went away after like four weeks because he was trying to be black. The tact was off. It was not right. So I understand, and there are people, John Cena, there are white people who are hood of Jace or grew up in that area who that is really who they are. If that's who you are, I accept that. She is a valley girl in real life playing the role of a white girl who thinks she's black and unapologetically does it on top of the gimmick and wrestling. Hold on, Ray.
2: Wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me Malibu's Most Wanted doesn't work in real life? Is that what you're saying? No, no, bruh. <laughs> you can try it, please. Well, sounds like it sounds like that's what she is and she's trying that sort of shit? Yeah, yeah, but and, and but but it's worse when it's a
4: woman because black women are the most disrespected people on this earth, right? So it's one thing to already be a, a person of color, but a person of color and a woman—is you all you behind the eight ball on both ends, right? So when I think about Hollywood Haley, Hollywood Haley J. Not only is she playing a gimmick that a lot of us find detestable, but on top of that, in her in her real life, she doubles down on the gimmick. And so, like, even in non-kayfabe situations, she's playing the gimmick. She's living the gimmick. And you're just turning more people off. You know, I could I could respect you if you say this is how I make my money and then I'm gonna be me. But everywhere, everywhere else you around, you playing this, you turning everybody off and your talent is being underwhelmed. That's the reason why you're still in OVW, right? So for that reason alone, I will never, ever watch this show. And I hope the people who are uh, in charge understand she is a problem for me. And But DJ said it perfectly. She's probably going to be popular with a lot of people.
2: Yeah, so I, I, don't, you know, I don't anticipate uh, Vince or Hunter the folks at Endeavor when this goes through saying, yeah, let's bring her up and put her into the spotlight. Um, Think think about
4: it. She's one of the biggest indie women's, more notable indie women's wrestlers right
2: now. Even Tony hasn't picked her and Tony needs everybody. Right? Right? He's like, nah, man, this backstage brawl shit is one thing, but I don't need that fucking crap. Anyway. And and he's tone deaf
5: as it is when it comes to certain things.
2: She ain't hit Impact. She didn't hit Ring of Honor when
4: it was still owned by um, Sinclair. um, Sinclair. Right. The only place she's hit of any notability is Billy Corgan's NWA that tells you everything you need to know.
2: I mean, I would be curious to see what Al thinks about her. And, and you know, he's got to know he's got a problem on his hands, but controversy breeds cash. Tunny, um, is this a show you're interested in? I mean, we all, you know, like it or not, Bandwagon Nerds is on a pro wrestling based network. We try and steer clear of any wrestling discussion as much as possible. This week's kind of an exception for a myriad of reasons. But this trailer here, Tunny, are you interested in this show or or what do you think about? No. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Let's move on to the next trailer then because PC Tunny is a man of many words or none at all. So, okay. Thank you for the update, Ray. Dry Erasing Adventures is is going on. Tunny could care less. I'm waiting for his response. But let's move on to the next trailer because PC Tunny, I think you're going to have a little bit more to say about this one since you shared it um crapopolis what it, it, this looks fun i watched the trailer comes on september 24th 2023 coming to fox of all places what about this trailer got your interest and in, and in why did you want to share it
3: with us i mean fox is known for adult sunday night animated sitcom humor no, and they've done it really now. they've done it really well in a lot of places and they've done a lot of them that haven't lasted so This one caught my eye because I thought there was some hilarity to what they were making fun of. It's basically a spoof on what the Greek gods, right? And demigods and the the start of the Greek civilization, right? And the gods kind of trying to figure out what the humans are doing. Well, they're they're creating a civilization and then the interaction between the gods and so forth that you all know from Greek mythology, but the time period and the way that they do this looks very interesting to me. Um, It's, I feel like it could be a big hit or you're going to get three episodes and that's going to be the end of it. So it should be interesting to see how this pilot goes. I saw right away and that that's immediately what came to mind. I got to check it out. It looks that good. I appreciate the time period and the comedy they're trying to get across. So I'm in for at least the first episode and maybe, you know, we'll see what happens the first season.
2: Fair enough. Uh, go back to Raymond S. Cashington Esquire. Did you watch the trailer for Crapopolis? And uh, what do you think of this thing?
4: I think the name is appropriate. <laughs> I think it's crap. Look <laughs> now again. I I am I, I, I tend to believe myself to be fairly mature. So if I like it or if I don't, I know that there's a mob, there's a place for it. And Fox has they call it animation station or whatever they do, their their Sunday night.
3: Animation animation domination.
4: Yes. They have made a brand with that. So it fits for those of us who grew up on Simpsons or Family Guy or now American Dad and Bob's Burgers it fits. Well so, that's the problem I, though.
3: They've been really searching now for that fourth show for a while. They've tried a bunch of different things with a bunch of high level comedians fourth. and former former yeah, well you got American Dad isn't on anymore.
4: Oh, I didn't know they canceled it.
3: Well, that's been over for a while. At least off of off of Fox. So you still have Simpsons, all the time time on Guy, and FX, Bob's Burgers, but they start at like 7 Eastern on Sundays. So they usually have another block there too. But yeah, oh, it's, it's, right. yeah. it's big time. It's big time if you're trying to get an animated sitcom on television that Fox, I think, on Sunday nights is the ultimate place you'd want to be. I'm sure you'd make the most money per episode there than anywhere else, right?
4: Yeah, doing Doing that, especially on broadcast television, because no other channel, no other broadcast channel, is showing animation on primetime like that. So it has a place. It And it, it actually reminds you of a new age Futurama. So it's going to do well, I think. But it's not for me. DJ, is this for you? Uh, I don't have Fox. I give it a
5: season. It'll be done because it's Fox. They like to cancel things even if they're good. Uh, so that's pretty much all I got to say about that. It's probably nothing I'll ever watch. The concept is interesting,
4: but probably not. I mean...
2: A king or is, a god who Tyka doesn't need. Is behind eat... this? Oh, it... Is what? Tyka.
4: Is Tyka behind this? Because the dude sounds like Tyka. It's so. whoever did what? Ricker, Rick and Morty? Is it the producers of Rick and Morty?
5: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. I uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the notion of a, of a god who doesn't need an excuse to have an orgy, you know? And people who are virgins from below the waist, that's. Isn't that kind of like redundant?
3: Virgin. Yeah. It's from the. Yeah. It's from the. Department of redundancy department.
2: <clears throat> I got it. All right. Fair enough. I, I, it looks funny to me. It's not exactly my cup of tea, but you know, I watch a trailer and I was like, well, okay. It kind of has a family Guyish feel to it. I guess sort of maybe honestly, I don't
3: really keep up with Simpsons or family guy or any half hour animated sitcom anymore. And like, I'm interested to see if this one can keep my attention because there's been a handful that have come through um, on the streaming services um, I Matt Grenning even did one. I can't remember. It was like the old school with the princess and the shadow cat and everything. I can't remember what it was called. but one on Netflix?
5: Yes. There's just yeah, so, many that have, talking about.
3: There's so many that have come and gone and none of them have hit a home run and become like, you know, the last one I think to actually be like, okay, this is another great one is Bob's Burgers. And after, since then, we, there hasn't been any home runs hit. So I'm always interested to like, hey, let's at least give it one episode. It could be the next Simpsons Family Guy, Futurama, Bob's Burgers, and we know it's all—it's really easy to consume 22 episodes of 22-minute content
2: every. Year. Lots of doubles, no home runs, but that's okay. Let's. Uh, Patrick shared this one, Tony. I know you're interested in this because you are a fan of the show. Uh, we have, we have, we have two extremes here: North and South Pole of teaser trailers this week. On the one end, we've got a very short 30-second teaser for Frasier apparently is is coming back to the to the airwaves and uh october 12th 2023 so not that far away tony what what is what are they doing with fraser right now i'm not i'm certainly not as big a fan of the show as you are i know you love the show uh what's going on with fraser not a whole lot in this teaser to get really that excited about 30 some seconds of just hey we're coming back what are your thoughts on this thing man
3: well it is it's continuing the story I, i know that uh, there's going to be ten episodes. Premieres what October 12th with the first two episodes dropping, uh, then weekly on Thursdays. And there. What's it, so, which
2: which streaming thing is this coming out on? Paramount Plus. And it looks like a lot of the
3: old cast will be there. I'm, that's what I'm having a hard time finding out here. But
2: while Tunny's looking that up, DJ, are you a Fraser fan or are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you in on this? I don't know if it's a reboot. Like Tony saying, it's a continuation of the story. Maybe it's a little bit of a hybrid of both. Um, I
5: liked Frasier Crane on Cheers. I didn't watch a single episode of Frasier. I will not be watching a single episode of the Frasier reboot.
3: Well, okay, so cast includes the cast includes Freddie Frasier's son. Uh, so I think it's a little bit more about his relationship with his son now because PB Newworth is in it, so you got Lilith is back. Um, I don't know. I bet you that the original cast that you love, like Niles and Daphne and Roz, I bet you they just make guest appearances throughout the series. Um, I do believe the actor that played his dad is passed as well.
2: Yeah, that was so
3: Marty Crane. um, I can't remember who played him, but that was just that ensemble made that show so special.
2: Did he have like a brother? He had a brother in that show, right? Niles, 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 Niles yeah,
3: okay. yeah. So you know, the Niles character, the Daphne character, the Roz character are basically all the people that they're looking um, to come back. You also have Bulldog and Kenny and, and some other people, but it is going to be more of the story about him and with his son now, as his son's grown up, um, Freddie. And it, like I said, BB Newworth is on the cast, so who knows what kind of relationship they'll have? But it's always iconic to see the drawing beginning um, of the of the city of Seattle. Looks like we're back in Seattle. And the different things they do for every episode, whether it be fireworks or the elevator or lighting the top of the the, the needle. Um and then that iconic song, you know, hey baby, I hear the blues of calling toss salads and scrambled eggs. Um is just iconic.
2: This is this is true. And there there is no denying that. Ray, are you a Fraser fan? Are you gonna be checking this thing out or are you gonna give us a, a one word PC Tunny esque answer here?
4: I'm gonna follow in the steps of my brother DJ. I did not watch Fraser Crane on Cheers. However, I did watch Frazier on the TV show and liked it. And I will not be watching the the reboot. There's a lot of shows that have come out and this is not one of the ones that I would have ever thought, wanted, or put for a reboot. Was it's not in a bingo card, company. huh?
2: <laughs> we don't need
4: it. There's a lot. We don't need this. Literally no
5: one asked for, but here we are.
2: O twenty three. Oh, I, oh I, never mind.
5: I, I love
3: I love Cheers and I love Fraser even more than Cheers. So I'm I'm in I'm here for this. Let's do it. You love Frasier more than Cheers? I think Cheers is excellent, but I thought there was so much more brilliant comedy in Frasier.
4: Frasier is a it's a much smarter show with respect to Cheers. So like the comedy is a little Don't get me, me wrong. 20, Who don't be wrong. but elevated. Right. Probably how ha- probably the same way I feel about
5: Seinfeld versus Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think Curb Your Enthusiasm is
3: Head and
4: shoulders above Seinfeld. It's a smarter show.
5: They're the the same show
3: you can just swear. That's all. They're the same show, literally.
4: Well, and Larry David is a lot more fun to watch to me than Seinfeld. One thousand percent. Well, George Costanza's Larry David. Sure. So imagine Seinfeld, if Costanza was the main character, it'd be more fun.
3: Well, Larry David's a better actor than Jerry Seinfeld, and you're not having the restrictions of a network either. You are on HBO. And shout out to JB Smooth. JB Smooth is excellent.
2: Wow, that that kind of took an interesting detour as we got into the comparison and co- compare and contrast, Seinfeld, and curb your enthusiasm. I have one question for you boys in 27 parts. Discuss. There you go. Now four? Yeah. Four. Yeah. Four? I just, I just watched right. that about two weeks ago. We'll see. The answer to subdivision A of the question in 37. Four?
5: Right. Damn hey, it. hey, hey! Take it easy. Can't you tell this man's been under a lot of stress?
2: Say it. Say it. <laughs> Rest in peace, Sam Kennison. Um, last one. Okay, let's get to the main event of the trailer park. This is the one that is going to set uh, Patrick O'Dowd versus uh, DJ. Not this week, but hopefully he will come back next week because it should be fun. We got the first. I'm air quoting teaser because this is the longest fucking teaser trailer in the history. Of teaser trailers, three and a half minutes. It, it I shudder to think when they give us a real trailer, it's gonna be ten fucking minutes. It's gonna be like the opening scene of the movie or something. Rebel Moon, the Zack Snyder's blatant Star Wars ripoff. I dude, there's lightsabers in this trailer. I don't know how you say rip-off more than actually having lightsabers in the trailer um but you got three and a half minutes of this thing they've broken this now this is a movie this is not a series but they've broken the movie into two parts part one's coming december 22nd 2023 part two coming april 19th 2024 so a pretty decent little four and a half five month gap there it's only coming on netflix i'm going to turn it over to you dj first but my thoughts look at this thing is this is prime Zack snyder they're slow motion there's you know bombastic explosions Chris Platt was here he'd be looking for over overextended cock pieces you know that sort of thing because he always says that that's a, a Zack Snyder kind of thing but I'm telling you look at it, the race trying to hold it together but you know Chris would say that cock pieces and explosions that was what Chris Platt said about Zack Snyder and Patrick would agree this feels like why isn't this going to the theaters I mean there's a lot going on in these trailers. There's. Big moments that you would think this should be in 3D. PC Tunny would be all about. tunny has got his dry erase board. Um, but what are you gonna say, Tunny? Let's see it. <laughs> tunny, I just don't have time or patience for another sci-fi fantasy world. Thank you. Do yourself Thank you, dry erase expert. Do yourself. Yeah, this is adventures in dry erasing. Adventures in dry myself. erasure. This might be the title of this episode here today, but um, I wish Patrick could see some of this DJ. I'm turning it over to you first. You love this trailer. I think this has you very excited. You are a big Zack Snyder fan. Uh, Is this everything you were hoping for this movie in two parts and more?
5: Uh, Absolutely. And to be fair, in defense of Zack Snyder, this was a three and a half minute trailer that given slow-mos and everything, can you give
2: one because Patrick won't ring, ring the bell for Ray? Yeah, Ray, Ray's dry erase adventure. Ring the I bell for like Ray. it. He's my new hero. I like it because Patrick won't. Perfect.
5: Ring <laughs> the bell. But yeah, it's a three and a half minute trailer. When you figure in the Zack Snyder's promos, it's really probably about thirty-seven and a half minutes worth of actual footage. Um, that's me taking a little jab because I cannot argue that point. I, it, it looks huge, and, and I'm here for it. And to be fair, we're talking about the, the the Star Wars ripoff comparison. This was originally supposed to be a Star Wars film. You know, this is basically him repurposing what was supposed to be his Star Wars film. And when that didn't happen, when it you know, imploded for whatever reason, you know, he decided to cannibalize it. And, yeah, there's going to be comparisons. And I think at this point, almost 50 years in, it's almost impossible to do something that feels fresh and original. And I always go back to uh, John Carter. Uh, I absolutely loved John Carter, but even though it was mined from a property that's over a hundred years old, it was hard to feel fresh because of the Star Wars comparison. So comparing, so I really think it's kind of unfair to compare this to Star Wars, because at the end of the day, you're gonna compare every sci-fi universe that Tony currently has no time or patience for. Um, uh-huh you're going to compare all of it like you can even look at dune even though dune is old i think as a property older than star wars um you can look at dune and say well yeah it's blatantly a star wars ripoff but unfortunately star wars was a ripoff of everything else um so i i, I don't buy the star wars ripoff argument i'm here for it the trailer looks amazing got a lot of big moments got some great stars and uh, i'm excited for it
3: I had a great counterpoint to what you were saying, but it would involve in giving it a wrestling analogy, and I'm just going to try and skip that.
5: Well, as it is, Pod's probably already in a like
2: seizure mode from all the wrestling
5: that we've talked about. We oh, probably turned
2: this episode off an hour it. ago.
5: <laughs> he's not even hearing this part of the conversation. Part of the problem we had with The
3: Witcher was that it felt like Game of Thrones, right? And I just don't need another Star Wars when I have a Star Wars. I don't need another Game of Thrones when I have a Game of Thrones. That's You're l- limiting yourself, Tony. I thought maybe you'd give a part of response to the question here about this in slow motion in honor of Zack Snyder. I wasn't sure. so
4: I really don't want Patrick O'Dad to come for blood. The problem with <laughs> great content, all, all of us are football fans, correct? Yes. The problem with great content and great ideas is that everybody wants to copy them. Wild, one team does the Wildcat. Next season, 20 teams do the Wildcat. One team does a spread offense. Next season, 35, 32 teams do the spread offense. That unfortunately, Star Wars opened up a lane that existed, but then they made it the, the size of the, the Pacific Ocean. And now everybody wants some of that water. Makes sense. Um and I love I love the fact that you brought up the context, DJ. Because yeah, Zack Snyder was supposed to have a Star Wars movie. They took that away from him. Fuck it. I worked all this time, I'm gonna do it. What's more interesting to me is, is the part that uh, Dave pointed out and that why is this, this, this in theaters? I think this is just a further um, showing that the business has changed. Content creators, particularly showrunners and uh, directors and whatnot, are, would in some cases would much rather take the payday up front than go to a fickle um, movie situation where they have to go and split costs with the movie theaters, split costs with the uh, the companies, Cinem- Cinemark Cinemark, all this stuff, and then you don't even know if everybody's gonna come see a movie because it could be great, and everybody ain't gonna go because pandemic or this or that, anything's possible. Get that up for money, and now he don't have to worry about who watch. How, how much? Paid. How much more
3: creative freedom do you think a guy like Zack Snyder has with a Netflix studio as opposed to a major theater release? Incidentally. Anyone,
4: thousand
3: and him, percent he's already made his money he just wants to tell his stories in his way in part he's only just furthering his legacy and netflix gives him the platform to do that and i will tell you that it is a brilliant move to release this and then release it again like in spring the next year to try Agreed. and get hooked, to try and get people hooked on your story right like six seven months later i'm going to give you the second part of this story so that you can soak in it for a while you can reflect on it you can watch it back a few times but just know before you even have a chance to start, you know, figuring out exactly what you saw, we're going to give you the next piece here. Um, I think yeah. the titles were pretty cool, too. A Child of Fire. And then the second one was like, um, what was the second one? It's even better. It was Scar-giver? like it was Mockingjay.
2: Scargiver, oh. wasn't it? Mockingjay,
3: Scar- you asshole.
5: <laughs> no, it was the
3: Scaregiver. It was the Scaregiver. Scaregiver. Yes. Yes, and that seems very menacing. So that was a really cool marketing and titling and and writing, in my opinion. The, the the kudo I will give it. I it looks
2: good. I just don't have time. I can't do it. I can't do all these different things. We couldn't even think of the fucking names of the people in Witcher. Well, yeah, that's 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 very true. Um, I'm kind of torn on this one, but I think you guys have a really good point about theater goers right now are very fickle. Movies that you think are going to do well don't do well. Movies that you think are 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 going to be like. Um, I'm not sure if this is going to do so well, Barbie goes and does a billion dollars and that sort of thing. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but you know, I think like, with like what you guys are saying, it's a safer bet to, for Zach to get the money up front, put this on Netflix. Um, you don't have to worry about whether people are going to revolt and object to seeing it for whatever reason. And Great. if the movie does well on Netflix, he can always run it back in the theaters and say, come see Rebel Moon on the big screen the way it was always intended. You know, if there's a good buzz around it, he can go in like they did like with uh, with Zack Snyder's Justice League where they put that in the theaters, what, a year after because it got pretty good response. Go ahead, Ray.
4: Yeah. And and remember, they put Netflix movies in theaters now. Yeah. They do. On I'm talking about on release. So yeah. like some Netflix movies have been put on. So you can still make theater money and – Netflix and the world is changing now where your movies now on Netflix can be up for awards. Now, why not take the 100% creative control and
2: the bag up front? That's what I would do. It's smart. It makes sense. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we get closer to it, I'd like to see a little bit. I mean, I don't know if I need another three minutes to make a six minute trailer out of this thing. I did like, isn't that Anthony Hopkins doing the narrating? Because I kept kept thinking Odin was going to come out and just like drop the hammer on somebody. But, you know, uh, (laughs) but I I did like that part. That that was a nice touch. You know, they got one of the most recognizable voices next to James Earl Jones to come out there and, and narrate this. It's yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm in your camp, DJ, or I'm in Tunney's camp. Probably somewhere in the middle. We'll see. But they certainly have spared no expense with this thing, and and the trailer was they they didn't leave a whole lot for the imagination. So um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one. I'm sure we will hear from Patrick O'Dowd next week as to why he despises a trailer and would rather cut off body parts than go and give any. Time to Netflix to watch. Yeah, those body parts. Too, can't
4: Johnny. wait. Can't wait for Rebel Moon. Can't wait for Rebel Moon. Uh, season three. I mean, see, uh movie three. Infinity War. <laughs> That's
2: right. And part Ray four. triple down, down here this part week. Part four <laughs> will be uh, end end game of the league or something like that. League of Endgame. <laughs> there you go. League of Endgame. Right? Yeah. League
4: of Endgame. We like that. Let's endgame. go with that. A song go fire and endgame.
2: game. <laughs> All right. Guys, that took us through the trailer park. That was a good time. We're going to take our second commercial break. We're going to touch on a little bit of the news around the Nerdosphere, which includes some, um, some goodbyes we have to say to some people out there. But you are listening to Episode 198, Bandwagoners, on the Chairshot Radio Network right here on thechairshot.com.
4: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to
2: make sure you check
4: out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressing. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry
3: Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code ChairShot to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net.
4: TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: All right, we are back right now for the uh, home stretch of Bandwagon Nerds this week. We hope you guys are having a good weekend. Talk a little bit about uh, some news around the Nerdist. Not a heavy news week because everything just got undercut in the middle of the week due to some of the uh tragedies that we kind of uh have gone through in this um in this past week but uh first thing let's talk about an update on the strike because you know the strike will never end and earlier this week there was a meeting between uh and i'm trying to remember who it was but i think it was um was it there it was the writers guild and the uh, studios met supposedly going back to the negotiating table and the meeting lasted all of 20 minutes because the studio showed up and rather than actually negotiate with anybody, they basically lectured the writers about why they needed to accept this one offer that they were going to make. It was like first and final first and final offer that we're going to make to you guys. The uh, writers didn't take too kindly to it left after 20 minutes basically said we didn't come here to be lectured to Um Guys, I will turn it over to Ray first. It does not look like this is going anywhere in a positive direction anytime soon. Um, <laughs> Ray, any reason to be optimistic about anything at this point in time? Are we firmly into hashtag 2027?
4: Bruh, 2027 going to be so dope. Because <laughs> we don't have, n- we ain't going to get nothing. Um, my good friends uh, of the Spanish persuasion like to use the word and I'll use that word now, basura, which means trash. This is trash. And the, the, the studios are trash. They're garbage. They're, they are boo-boo, bro. Like, to, to the the disrespect to lecture these dudes and to call them in for the meeting just to kind of treat them like a five-year-old when they're asking for nothing, essentially, bro, it, it, it's disgusting, man. And it just goes to show you, while the haves haves and the have-nots don't but yeah. eventually eventually the have-nots are gonna take over bro because they when, they, when we i know we talk about 2027 but we get to this we get to december january they gonna be on their toes a little bit
2: right right and like you're saying this is uh the, the uh, negotiation air quoting again negotiations between the wga and amptp AM, amtip um It's setbacks is what Gizmodo is calling it. Yeah, that's an understatement. Um, So the counteroffer, I guess it does have some concessions. There was a little bit of an increase in money, but not really enough to make this anything. You know, it's just it's basically ultimatums. They're not negotiating. They're offering ultimatums, half-baked proposals, one and one only offer. That's not really negotiating in good faith. That's not really compromising. They thought they wanted to make a deal. It's clear that that's not what's going on. DJ, I know you've been following the uh, writer's strike a bit through, you know, probably through bandwagon nerds and that sort of thing. Uh, it's disconcerting to be sure as far as holy shit, I'm watching this thing. Zack Snyder's got a director's cut of Rebel Moon already ready to go. That's that's fucking terrifying. But we're going to, you know, we're going to steer away from that. DJ, your thoughts on um, on this writer strike and the update going on that there is no update that there's some backhanded negotiate. It's not even negotiation. It's just people coming in saying, this is what we're going to offer. You guys take it or leave it. And the Raiders after 20, 20, minutes is, is, I mean, I negotiate every day in my job and I can't remember the last time I just got up and said, fuck you. After 20 minutes, that just doesn't happen. And for, yeah, that,
5: that means somebody didn't bring something to the table. They at didn't, all. Bring,
2: they, did, they brought, they brought some like chicken shit and tried to say, Hey, this is chicken salad. They and, brought
5: just some saltines and a couple of, slices of Kraft American cheese. And that was about it. They didn't offer any hors d'oeuvres or anything. Yeah,
2: they thought, um, they I, thought he'd crawl through the desert for weeks and they brought some saltines like, God damn, these are the greatest saltines ever. <laughs> Shout out to Eddie Murphy. Go ahead. Have you got another? Um, I This is a weird
5: situation for me because, you know, like in my per- personal perspective, I work in an industry where every year the government tells us you're going to make 2% less than you did the year before. So I'm already side-eyeing people that make millions of dollars on their contracts. But that being said, you know, I also have to look at lifestyle, look at work put in, and look at the fact that the the, the studios are making money hand over fist. Um, I think it's ridiculous that they didn't bring more, like, they didn't come to the table to negotiate, and they led these people to believe that's what we were doing. And, and you already lose, you know, lose good faith points on that. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the studios are going to have to look at this and say, look, do we want to make some money or do we want to make no money? You know, which one is more attractive. And when they decide that maybe we are better off making some money than none at all, then they'll come back to the table with a real negotiation with real thoughts and ideas and a plan. And then, then things will start to move forward. It's just going to be how long can the studios hold out on that?
2: I just realized that what they did was basically, it was Shooter McGavin going to happy Gilmore telling him, Hey, Show up on the ninth green at 10 o'clock and happy. Dress nice. And basically that's what that is what the fucking studios did to the writers here. They had him show up on the ninth green at 10 o'clock. The sprinklers went on and, and that was basically it. Tony, I know we had hoped that this would be over by Christmas. I think the chances of that are slim and none, and and slim may have just said, you know what? I'm on a plane to London to watch all in. I'm out of here. But uh I what do you think, man? This is this is some really this is some uh, dirty pool that the uh studios did to the writers on this
3: I think we've talked about it before, right? Like I mentioned Survivor 90 minute episodes this this fall. Like they're prepared for not having content, right? So they went ahead and said, "You know what?" <clears throat> What if a quick fix is to try and scare them into doing it and just kind of ambushing them? And maybe they'll be like, oh, maybe, you know, they'll have this quick change of heart or something. Because it was kind of the last ditch they could do to kind of actually start the fall season with new content, possibly late, like, you know, maybe like November instead of we've pushed it from after Labor Day to basically middle of October to start the new, you know, broadcast season. But we've talked about this before. There's so much streaming content and all these networks are. Connected to streaming content somewhere that they just have stuff stockpiled that they're going to get out there somewhere. And the people that are making these decisions that are negotiating, they're negotiating with the extra money that they make and the reason they make so much money, too. Right. So it's just not, just not good. Unfortunately, yeah, we do look like we're not right that the fact that the holiday season will not make this look good at any time. So I I don't know. Now we're looking at it's (laughs) we're looking at what next fall.
2: Yeah, I mean, you raise, you know, as you're talking, it it dawns on me that were they thinking that, hey, let's catch, these like you're saying, negotiating by ambush, basically saying that, hey, we're going to come in here with this lowball offer, catch these guys by surprise. They're going to be like, oh, my God, these guys are like coming in with this. They must not be scared at all. We better cave. And it didn't work out that way, of course. You know, you think that maybe that was the thought on this part of the studios or just are they just out of touch douchebags? Probably both.
3: I think some some old guard dude was like listening to some whippersnapper be like, oh, I bet you I can scare him into signing in half an hour, you know, and he's like, hey, everybody, let's let's call him in and watch this kid fall on his face. <laughs> they, they, the studios bluffed and they lost. Yeah.
2: It does feel like I a don't bluff.
3: I they care, though. Yeah. I still don't think they care yet. They don't care yet. They don't
2: care yet. They, don't care yet. They, they won't care until they feel it. Like you guys are saying, well, they feel it in their pocketbook. Then they'll care. Then they'll come to the table with a, but like we've been saying all along, it's a question of how long these guys can hold out and the actors have got more money than the writers do. So unless they're going to be totally unified.
3: And here's the thing for a lot of these major networks, they're, they're about to get the biggest money maker they have starting up. And it started this, this weekend, as we record college and professional football in America.
2: That's true. That is, that is very true. That's, that's a big, big thing. Um, as as a byproduct of the strike going on and nothing happening, no movement going on there, uh, studios kind of doubled down. Like Tony saying, "Hey, we got to keep some content in our back pocket so we can make some money and ride this thing out." They delayed Dune, which was coming out in November of twenty twenty three to March of twenty twenty four. Now, Tony, I know you're not the biggest Dune fan. I, I don't for, I forget about Ray, um, but.
3: The delay of dune actually caused the marvels to pick up their imax theaters so you're going to be able to see marvels in in the marvels in more imax theaters
2: okay that that so there's a nice there's a trade-off there there's a trade-off sometimes
3: sometimes i have you know good information to pass along you do
2: absolutely (laughs) dj i know you were waiting for you were one of the ones looking forward to dune 2 coming out i know you're disappointed that it's going to get pushed back several months uh clearly a, 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 I think there's no sugar coating or when, any way around it it is clearly a, a byproduct of the strike ongoing and getting worse um how disappointed are you to see dune get pushed back a few months uh
5: fairly disappointed only in the sense that i wanted to see it we don't get to the theater too often anymore just because we don't have time um we just got too much going on but i was i was looking forward to seeing this we didn't see the original dune in theater we saw it when because i think it was released when the Theaters were still really not open during the pandemic. No, they. And it they, they on did HBO a, Max.
2: They did the simultaneous review on HBO Max, and because we thought saw it in the theaters, but something was wrong with the sound in our theaters, and I'm not yeah. the only ones to complain about it. And we went back and watched on an HBO Max, so hopefully they fix that. But it is like Patrick was saying when it came out, and I know back when we were doing the articles on the the nerd review, um, we were both like, "Yeah, this is something you really need to see on the big screen." I think Dune Two is going to be even more imperative to see that on the big screen, but sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there.
5: Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. We saw it on HBO max off from the comfort of our home on a rather large TV screen, which I'm fine with, but yeah, I I would, this is one I agree with Patrick. I'd like to see this, the second one in the theater. If I've got to wait a few months, it stinks, but there's also two things I can do
2: about it. Nothing and like it. You'll get nothing and like it. Exactly. Um, I'd ask Ray what he thinks, but I know he's obviously occupied with, uh, who's that his mom? I don't know who that is. Somebody, somebody's hanging out at Ray's house, and and it's it's completely distracted his attention. You know that that that's Tony boo him. That's just unprofessional. I mean, just boo him. <laughs> Uh, he he is lost in his own world right yeah, now isn't it, he? it's all right it's okay so that's it's fine he's not even wearing his headset we'll get back to him in a minute i'm sure um let's talk about the last kind of like news story uh it a it we're, we're about to get into some of the tragic stuff that happened this week this is it's tragic in a different way but at least he's still alive charles Martinet, who's been the voice of mario for what 30 fucking years uh but was not in a controversial move, did not voice Mario for the Super Mario movie. Um, has said he, that he's stepping away from the Mario franchise, which has got to be just absolutely soul crushing for him because he loves the franchise. Uh, Tony, I know you're a big Mario fan. Um, your thoughts on on this going down and and the voice? Yeah, he's got a Mario. What is it? A blanket or a pillow? I'm not sure what it. It's a blanket behind him. So, Tony, a big Mario fan. I know he went to see the Super Mario movie. Obviously knows about Charles Martinet has been the voice of this character in video games and every all media for decades now. What do you what do you think of his uh decision to uh to back away from this?
3: At some point you you were going to move on, right? Like regardless. So it's always sad because you when you the iconic things you listen, your senses remember things in different ways and like your sense of smell and taste and sound are a lot more important in remembering things almost than visual remembrance Um, because you can just all of a sudden you smell something or you hear something or you feel a certain thing and, and, and it really hits you harder in remembering things. And I think no matter what happens, you'll always remember that voice, that iconic character in that way. So I don't think that I think he's already legendary and already iconic and can never be lost in history. So we'll see what happens next for that industry and, and and the way they portray that voice.
2: And Tony, I realized I kind of skipped you as far as discussing the delay of Dune, but then you mentioned about them switching uh, the Marvels to IMAX. So I, and I know you don't really care too much about the whole Dune thing, but um, DJ, your thoughts on, on Charles Martinette leaving the role of super Mario, the voice of super Mario behind and, and moving on retiring and getting out of the biz. I mean, he's been doing it a while.
5: I'm going to piggyback on what Tony said and these things being iconic and never being able to take it away from him and liken it to Peter Cullen as Optimus prime, Kevin Conroy as um, Batman, Bruce Wayne. Uh, These are, you know, it's, it's, it's an iconic, you associate with the voice with that character, Um, But all things have to move on. You know, know, these folks aren't going to live forever. Uh, They are getting older, as, you know, one of the voice actors that, you know, I hope we talk about here in a minute, you know, that passed away. Um, It's always there, you know, in in history. And you can go back and you can look at that. And hopefully the next person that steps into that role finds their own way to make it theirs. Um, Yeah, that's the best we can hope for. For the generations moving forward that didn't grow
6: up.
2: Right. Right. And I mean, you know, for who who voiced Mario in the movie, Chris Pratt, right? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I know a lot of people wanted Martinette to do the voice for that. And for obvious reasons, he didn't. And, you know, I think if you're trying to move forward and I thought, you know, Pratt wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad. You know, that sort of thing. Nothing was going to match Charles Martinette. And, and like you so eloquently put, DJ, these guys all get older. Some of them pass away. You got to move on. You know, the guy's been doing it for 30 years. He's in his 70s now. I think Charles Martinet is in at least his 70s. So, yeah, you get to the point where how much longer can you go on? And, um, and you know, at some point you got to usher in kind of a new era and get a new cornerstone of whatever you're going to do with this whole thing. So, yeah, it's, it's sad, but, you know, at least he's still with us. And as we're about to discuss, she's um, so – As we said, you know, this is on Bandwagon Nerds. We generally try to steer away from wrestling based conversation, even though we're on a wrestling network, because let's be honest, all of us on this show right now, all four of us have our own podcasts that are wrestling based or guest appear on other people's podcasts and or both. So there is no shortage of wrestling content here on Bandwagon Nerds. But, you know, I felt it would be a disservice not to talk about some of the losses that we had this week. And I hope hopefully Ray gets back on here. Um and gets to talk about this but i i title this in the rundown a dismal and heartbreaking week and i think that really sums up the losses that we had and let's just let's talk about them as a whole collectively and then if any of us want to talk about them individually we can we lost dan green who was um you know dan green who was a artist for marvel that did, did the uncanny x-men amongst a myriad of other things lost him this week at the age of 70 uh, dj pointed out arlene sorkin who was in days of our Life, like i think it was days of our life or one life to live i don't know she's better known through nerd cultures as the original voice of harley quinn um so lost her i think at that point when we lost her dj you made the comment fuck this week absolutely um bob barker 99 years old you know i mean and talking about happy gilmore how can you not talk about bob barker the price is wrong bitch uh, but he was also a
5: WWE, uh, host on Raw he one was,
2: time. He, absolutely. And, you know, we all know him from the prices, right. And from so many other things. And then of course we had their losses in the wrestling world. Uh, Terry Funk, one of the hall of famer, Terry Funk, who we lost this week. And, you know, Terry is a legend of course, in one thing, but he was, you know, he was at that age. What was he like 79 or something like that? Yeah. So, okay. Terry had a great life, lived a great life. Hall of Famer, huge void in the wrestling world. But then the next day came the one that I think gutted all of us the most. And Wyndham Rotunda, who's also known as Bray Wyatt, 36 years old, passes away from a heart attack, um, caught everybody by, you know, no one, I, no one really knew what was going on with him. He'd been out since February. He was rumored to have a, a program coming up with Lashley at WrestleMania. It didn't happen. Um, there were equal rumors that he was getting ready to come back. And was gonna make a comeback at some point in time. Instead he's gone. So um, you know, yeah, hopefully we can get Ray's attention. Somebody text this boy. Tell him to get on here. But um anyway. Tony, I got, I'll text him. Tony, I'll I'll turn it over to you first. I mean, whether you know, however you want to discuss this, these the people involved, um, any thoughts that you want to do. God knows there's been enough tributes and things in the last couple of days that have come out. I mean, it's you know. It is what it is, but your thoughts on any or all of the above.
3: It's interesting because the Bray stuff broke about 10 minutes before I was about to record DWI this That's this past right.
2: week. That's right.
3: And I had Max Holiday on, and um, when I jumped on, um, DP and AJ didn't know, so I broke the news to them. Max jumped on about 10 minutes later. He knew. And it was like, it was really like a gut punch, you know? Like the funk kind of thing was I knew he was in bad health, right? I was kind of waiting for that to happen. Um, (laughs) Bob Barker, who hasn't stayed home from work or school and spent the late morning with Bob fucking Barker? Like, you know what? I'm not going to work today. I don't feel great, but I could easily go to work, but I'm going to stay home. Um, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sleep in till... Prices right comes on. And then I'm going to get up and watch Prices right. Need some breakfast. Cause they're really just playing hooky. How many people haven't stayed home either for real or for fake, uh, from work or school and watch Bob Barker, obviously the happy Gilmore spot. Amazing. Uh, the best guest raw host of all time. And Chris Jericho will tell you that on, on, uh, talk is Jericho. It was just a rough week. Um, but that's life and it's funny because Max brought up as far as Bray goes that like, you know, the overly eccentric, beautiful people, they don't necessarily last. The good ones don't last, you know, they die young. The good only the good die young, right? And I said, you know what? That's just something we tell ourselves. That's just something the living tells themselves. So you can feel better about losing someone you didn't get to know that you weren't expecting. It's about expectation. But just remember the good times it'll all be okay i feel bad for the families of of the younger you know of of the bray wyatt's who passed and you know children that won't get to grow up with their father and things of that nature so rough week
2: yeah tough tough week um i'm gonna save ray for last because i know he was occupied with yeah, whenever Ray's got women in his bedroom, you just kind of say, "What is going on here?"
4: You know. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, just, wait a minute. I'm just because you setting it up bad when y'all know that was my mama. Oh, was it? Okay,
2: <laughs> all right. That was my mom All right, that was your... <laughs> Ray. We're gonna save you for last. So you can collect yourself because it, it seemed like there was a conversation of, of importance <clears throat> going on there, or maybe just bullshitting around with your mom. Who knows? But more uh, and more like the second part but yeah. okay all right uh dj I'll, I'll turn it over to you you know we and ray you weren't listening we just kind of ran down everybody who passed away this week so i'll repeat it you know because it's just been a shit week dan green ex, you know artist for marvel lots of work with uncanny x-men and a myriad of other uh marvel topics died at 70 arlene sorkin um the original voice of harley quinn passed away this week tragic Talk Bob Barker. I mean, how can you not talk about Bob Barker, 99 years old? Um, the most iconic game show host in history, amongst other things, Terry Funk and and of course Bray Wyatt. We got into that. So DJ, I know like um, you know, you had mentioned earlier in the week when the when the story broke that, you know, the one that said make basically I mean, as bad as it was to lead into this, the one that made you say fuck this week was uh was when uh Arlene Sorkin died. So what you know, whatever you want to talk about, man, this is a forum. Obviously, this isn't going to be full catharsis for any of us as bad as this week has been. But whatever you want to talk about, man.
5: Yeah. Uh, the the Arlene Shorten Tony came Scott. on. the Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just want
3: to transition to what you were saying because you brought up a really interesting point, Dave, about is this therapy help talking? And it's funny because I forgot to mention DJ and I were messaging before and after we both recorded this past week. And we both agreed that getting on with friends and talking about it made us feel better. So I just wanted to briefly bring that up. I'm sorry to cut you off, DJ, but like people, if you're listening to this and you have something like this going on, it really does. It, it, you might not think so, but it's true. When you're feeling bad about something, the best thing you can do is reach out to someone you trust and talk about it. You'll feel better. Even if you don't come up with the solution, you'll feel better knowing that someone else knows what's going on.
2: Right. And while we try to steer away from the wrestling conversation, generally on this show, I think, this is the exception. Even Patrick was here. He would agree that this is just it's easier to talk about it amongst friends because we're all impacted. None of us knew him personally, but we all I mean, Tony and I have been doing the podcast since 2015. So damn near a decade. Ray's not far behind. DJ's not far behind.
3: 20 2014.
2: Yeah. T- was it 2014. I thought it was 20. We did it 2015. Did you start? Or maybe you started before me. I don't know. But, you know, like WrestleMania 31, Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker is when Attitude of Aggression got started right that weekend. So, yeah. Anyway, I I didn't mean to go back to you, DJ. Your thoughts on, I know you're talking about Arlene, um, and then you're going to transition to other stuff.
5: Yeah. Um, Arlene, <clears throat> Arlene came on the heels of Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. And Terry Funk was just a huge... Influence on me as not only a young wrestling fan, but as someone who got into the business, that was a guy, the way he worked, the way he sold, the way he cut promos was somebody that I very much, you know, took some inspiration from. And, you know, and I talk about this a little bit on my show this week. A lot of my friends, my dad, very much in mannerisms and look, resembled Terry Funk. And you know, a lot of friends would come over to my house that were wrestling fans, like, God, your dad looks like Terry. He sounds like Terry Funk. So there was always a kind of that in there. And then when when Bray Wyatt, the news broke on that, again, like Tony, we were literally minutes away from going live and recording on the Mindless Wrestling podcast. And there was a moment in time where one of my co-hosts, Jason, was so distraught. He's like, I don't think I can do this. And I had my moment as well where I really thought, you know, this is so fresh and so just a kick in the gut. I don't know if I can put my thoughts into words right now. And to to kind of echo what Tani was saying, I'm glad we did, because while it certainly didn't uh, soften the blow, talking about it helped at least process, start the process of processing exactly what the hell I'd read, you know, 36 years old a huge, huge star in the wrestling business, very influential in what I enjoy right now. And one of the reasons why I came back and stayed with WWE, you know, the Shield and the Wyatt family, you know, the Rock and uh, Cena brought me back in, the Shield, the Wyatt family kept me there. And, you know, I've echoed that on on my show, but, you know, we, we went through it, we powered through it and I, I think we had a great show and, and I'm glad we did in in, in talking you know, kind of just piggybacking on what Tony said, by all means talk about it, it'll help you start to process the things that don't make sense and it'll help you start making a little bit of sense out of it. But Arlene came on the tail end of all of that. Like I just got kicked in the guts twice, you know, in 24 48 hours and then this news comes across and at that point I was just like, you know what? Fuck this week and that was even before Bob Barker died. You know, hadn't even gotten that news yet. But Arlene, I, I, specifically with her, when you think about the Harley Quinn character, that was supposed to be a one-off. Like, this was never supposed to be what it became. And now she's one of the biggest characters in DC, you know, in, in like their movies, their cartoons, the, the comic books. And I think a huge part of what made that work was her voice. I, I really think that's what breathed life into that character. Otherwise, this is a one and done, and we never— you know, 20 some odd years later, have what we have with Harley Quinn. We have um, Kaylee Cuoco
3: on the animated side and Margot Robbie on the the major theatrical release side because of this, right? And think about, those are two of the biggest stars in big screen, you know, silver screen you have. Yeah,
5: yeah. So like you said, and, and you have her to thank for that. It was just a perfect storm of this interestingly drawn character and her voice that breathed life into it
2: yeah it's um yeah i mean it just like one after another dominoes just falling this week and it just uh, shocking to actually to actually live through i i can't remember a week like this one ever i mean i really just the, the the stature of people who passed away and the various ages and just none of it makes a lot of sense i mean bob and terry yeah bob was 99 but and Terry was in poor health. But, uh, Ray, I want to turn it over to you. I know you've had a chance to listen in, collect yourself. Um, you know, I don't know. Like like Tony said, it helps to talk about it, but it's still difficult to kind of, like, grasp and process just what so many of us have been through this week. Um, I'll speak on the
4: other guys here in a sec. But um, the irony that the House of Black just came out at All In. At All in and there was noted that there was going to be a bit of a firefly tribute for Bray. And if you've watched the House of Black come out, you know that they come out in darkness and then the lights, and then they pop out and they here and there. And when the lights went out, the cameras focused on the fireflies. And the background was the fireflies. And as they come out, Buddy Matthews had a lantern and they put it on, on the ground in front and they kind of, Gave respect. And um look, man, um Arlene Sorkin, Bats is probably the greatest animated show ever. She brought a character to life that's one of the most popular characters in all of entertainment, not just comic entertainment. I'm not familiar with Dan Green, but if he had anything to do with Marvel, and I'm a comic book reader, buyer, he's important in my life. Um my first memory as a child is watching prices right. I've been a Bob Barker fan my whole life um that was uh, y'all know with respect to my mom i was raised by my grandparents so price is right and then young and the restless and then all my children that was my morning most of my life mm-hmm. um and respect to terry terry funk who should have the way he the way he uh treated his body and treated his life probably shouldn't have last as long as he did but we thought it was going to last a lot longer the the, the epitome of tough but I was trying to listen to you guys as best as I could. You know, I've been in and out for the past 10 minutes. Um, I have been to seven funerals this year. I have lost my stepfather a year ago. I lost my grandmother, who I, and both these people, I physically was their caregiver and, and literally watched the breath leave their bodies. My grandmother died right before Christmas this past year. My mentor who taught me everything I know in my job passed this year. My daughter's great-grandmother passed this year. My next-door neighbor passed. Like it's, I've, I've had so much death in my life in the past 18 to 24 months, specifically the past seven, eight, or in August. Um, and you get weary. And with all these people who have passed, you try to tell yourself, one, I'm, the memories will get me through. The emotions that I'm feeling are positive because that means it's people made, uh, resonated in your life. But you also try to reason with with the situation by saying at least they live their life. And then I look at Wyndham number and he's a fucking year older than me. I've spoken with you guys at Nauseam DJ for sure, because I went on his show one time to talk about this. I have a major heart problem. That is, quite frankly, as I've spoken to DJ before, the reason why I didn't wrestle, because I have been enrolled in two wrestling schools in my life. Um, I'm of the age. And the time period where had I had I been blessed enough to have some success, I would have been in his generation. I would have been in FCW or NXT with those guys had I been blessed with the success to get there. So not only am I thinking this poor dude who you know forgive me, it's random thoughts coming to my mind. Whenever someone dies, you never hear negative shit. It's always the guys you hear that pass unexpectedly and there is nothing negative you can say about them like brody and now like bray you know and i don't understand why it's the ones that you can't ever say a negative thing about that are the ones that have to leave us the way that they do and the manner that they do because i'm thinking about this dude bray and bray is six foot three three hundred and forty this massively looking human being with tattoos and an aficionado and a, and a love of of the horror genre and you know intimidating face and the dreads and all he wants to do is be a big bear and hug people you know and you just you, you, you hear the stories and you think about this and i'm even talking about how he's resonated with us as a character on our screens and there are a contingent of fans who care about the in-ring product more than they care about the other stuff. And God bless them. That is their right. Cool. But for the people like us in this call. And I can say this because I feel I know you guys to a certain extent pretty well. The things that we care about in professional wrestling are the things that Bray Wyatt was probably as legendary as has ever have been in the situation. Presence. Promo ability. Character ability. Mind for the business. It factor. Entrances. The ability to remake himself. I mean... The Bray, Wyatt, the Bray Wyatt character alone has been remade four or five times. Just that character alone. I'm not talking about Husky Harris, right? When he was basically given a death knell in the business. So my my love and 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 my and my strength and my and my positivity goes to the families of Dan Green and Arlene Sorkin and God bless Bob Barker and the Funker. But man, I think about JoJo and I think about Bo and I think about Micah and I think about IRS and Barry, who he's named after think about these people. I think about his ex-wife. I think about these kids, these young, young kids. My daughter just moved in with me from school this year, bro. So my mom was coming and talking to me about, you know, and it it just, it, it, you never need a reminder that we're not going to be here long because you know it. And then you continue to get reminded and it makes you question your place in life. It makes you question what's going on in life. And look, man, these people we never met, we don't know. Some of us may have had one small interaction with them, and and uh, you know, Dave and uh, Tony have done interviews to people, and so you or run-ins, whatever. Maybe we don't know these people. I don't have these dudes' phone numbers. I can't go to their house. They don't know me. I don't know them. But you've watched these dudes so much. Like we're in the generation now where the people that we watched start are dying, and that's hard for me. That's hard for me. 'Cause I'm, I, I know I feel old, but I'm thirty-five, bro. You're not old. Take
2: it from take it Man. from me and DJ at the other end of this room. You're not Yeah, old. I'm gonna be fifty
4: in about three weeks, brother. <laughs> Y'all say that, but if, if life could end at thirty six, dog, does it really matter how old you get? No. No, it doesn't.
3: It's no, but it could also end at ninety nine so yeah I mean,
4: that's a great
3: point all
2: the all the i mean the deaths this week have run i mean it's it's from 36 to 99 so it's it's a while for 90
3: plan for 99 live like 36 36.
2: (laughs) yeah um i guess for me and i I wanted to run this down because i know ray was saying that we wasn't sure what dan green did and i got like marvel's remembering dan green thing he did everything ray i mean Actually began his career with DC Comics in the 70s. Um, but then at Marvel, he did Captain America, Iron Fist, Defenders, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. He did the Doctor Strange graphic novel, Doctor Strange. He was an Sh- artist. Into Shambhala. Yeah, he was an artist. Um, best okay. known for his work on Uncanny X-Men, it looks like. Uh um, mm. So, yeah. The Claymore books? Huh? The Claymore books? Um, Claremore? Claremont. Claremont. I don't think he was Chris. Chris Claremont. I'm not sure, but... Uh, and most lasting contribution of Marvel is to work with the X-Men starting in 84 as the anchor and finisher for Ron Romita Jr. on Uncanny X-Men. So it doesn't look like it was it's the a, Claremont timeframe.
5: About when I got into X-Men comics was yeah. in the mid-80s. Mid right.
2: Um, Arlene, you know, I can't I can't add anything that, that you guys haven't already talked about. I mean, Harley Quinn, I think the important thing that we've noted several times in the past is she's not a character that was in the comics. She was created you know through the batman animated series voiced by her and if it doesn't if she doesn't do the job that she does like Tony says we're not talking about margot robbie as a live action uh harley quinn or kelly did, about the animated version you, of it
4: did y'all hear that that character was built after Arlene uh sorkin's role playing a, a clown in like general yeah. days of our lives or some yeah show like that yep
2: that's wild it's crazy isn't it? And, and Harley Quinn is now, geez, you could say, honestly, top five DC characters right now. Right.
3: Very marketable. Very marketable. You see that showing up in multiple different places, even like a video game, Fortnite, a, a character you can play as is Harley Quinn, right? Like these playable video game characters, that's a big thing stretching into a new generation, right? We're not just talking about nerds of our age, we're talking all the way down to, you know, just preteen, late preteen
2: to teen. Oh, yeah. She's a the huge, t- I- the huge TV show,
4: The TV show DC Superhero Girls, it's basically all the superhero girls in, like, high school or college, right? She's on that.
2: A very toned-down version of her, but yes, she's yeah.
4: on <laughs> yes. She's, she's what well, she's just wacky and, and goofy, mm. but she's on that. She's popular enough that they put her on the show with all the good people. Because they knew she'd be the comic relief and everybody would love to be her. So Um, it's wild,
2: bro. Bob Barker, jeez. I mean, that that, that one was tough, you know. I mean, and it comes on the heels of uh, the other two. Um, But, yeah, Bob Barker, it's like, God, 99 years old. Um, You know, you're talking Betty White sort of, you know, age range, that sort of thing. And he was just so – such a dynamic personality. And, you know, like Tony – Tony and I, I mean, I, I just, I loved him in happy Gilmore. I just absolutely love that whole thing is like, you know, what's killing me, you not being able to hit the ball in the hole. So that sounds like if Tony and I were playing a pro-am, he'd be saying that to me more times than I could count. This guy I think sucks. Thing, <laughs> That's what he'd be saying.
3: I, I think the biggest thing though, that Bob Barker did was kind of maintain the pet population. Like he yeah. took up, have your pet spayed or neutered. Yes. Like, in all honesty, if you want to think about societal impact, that's a pretty big thing. Um, you know, let's control the pet population. So Absolutely. that the pet population we have is taken care of and given a purpose and, you know, has a good family home, etc., life like that. So,
2: and as an animal lover, yeah, please get your pet spayed and neutered for God's sake. Um, Terry Funk, uh, kind of more from DJ and I's generation a little bit. Yeah. You guys as well from chainsaw, Charlie and WrestleMania 14, but, Certainly, like, the thing that stands out about Terry Funk is the feuds with Dusty Rhodes. Like, when Dusty was first there, and Cody talked about that, Um, you know, Dusty and Terry Funk, their feuds were legendary. bloodbaths. you know, back in the day. Uh, The the feud of his that always stood out is, to me, the one with with Ric Flair, where he shows up and he pile drivers Ric Flair on the table, and that sets off that iconic I quit match where they're, you know— dusty yeah dusty's an egg sucking dog and cody's saying can can we say that on on michael can we say i guess we can because we just did um so yeah that but yeah his feud with flair and that i quit match where they had the microphone in the face and and funk actually quitting out there and and it really launched flair because it was so unique to see flair as the baby face and they were playing up rick's injury really well What what what's up dj
5: that, that's what I was going to point out, and I talked about that on my show. You know Terry Funk was good at his fucking job when he had an entire crowd cheering for Ric Flair. Yes. Like, <laughs> you think about how dastardly Ric Flair was during his heel run, and Terry, by God, Funk had the crowd cheering for him. Yeah, That's power, man. Yeah. That's heat.
2: And Flair would turn heel just like that, and the feud with Sting, like, literally a month later. So it was right. it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other
3: feud, though, that comes to mind is in Memphis, right? I mean,
6: oh my eye, oh, right? Yeah. Come
3: on, like that's classic when when you're working with Lawler down in Memphis. So. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Bray, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, that one's hard for for a lot of the reasons Ray said. Thirty six years old. Um, I have lots of questions about you know, and and Tony Tony saw it because I got into it with some schmuck on X Twitter. Who was telling me, you know, if you're one of these people who are going to take the br- death of Bray Wyatt and turning it into a platform on vaccinations and blaming the vaccination, nobody even knows if he fucking got a vaccination. And I had to got- get into a debate with some schmuck about don't get vaxxed, another young athlete. It's fuck you. You don't even know if he even had a vaccination. So you're, you're just speculating. And We know that COVID exacerbates heart conditions and you got to figure he's being monitored by a doctor this whole time from February to his unfortunate passing. Somebody's monitoring this stuff. No one knows what happened. Why did he have a heart attack? Why was it fatal? Why did they not see this? I don't have the answers to that. But like you guys, I feel worse for his kids, for Jojo, for the little girls who Bray worshiped, cherish the ground that they work on his ex-wife, the kids from that prior Marriage, um, thirty six is just—it's too young. And he was one of the most creative minds in the business, and you know, you you could see the impact. It comes from all over the industry, and and there's still people we haven't heard from. You know, we haven't heard from Roman, we haven't heard from Brian Danielson, we haven't heard from John Moxley. Um, Sasha hasn't said anything about it. You know, you know that these are all people who were close Mercedes, sorry, who were close to him. Um, so this is the the rollout for this is going to go on for. Another week or so, um, and like yeah, like like Tony says, it it does help to talk about this stuff amongst our peers and our friends, and you know, four of us are friends. Patrick was here; he he's our friend too. Greg as well. We've all been not like Ray says; none of us knew this guy. We weren't he. I he wasn't in my uh, in my text message list. He wasn't somebody I could call up and say, "Hey, hey, Wyndham, what's going on, man?" But we've all we we're, we're not as podcasters. We're not like. The average fan, you know, we analyze this stuff. We've delved much more deeply in it than your average keyboard warrior who's sitting out there saying, oh, here's my opinion on this and you need to listen to it. Why? Because you have nine followers and a blue check mark. That's why I have to listen to you. Fuck you. So, you know, that sort of thing. But we've all delved deeply into this topic over the years. And we've all covered very, we've seen Bray come and go. We lived through the fiend, the red hell in the cell match notwithstanding. We won't talk about that because let's honor the dead the way we should and not bring up crap like that. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's what can you say, right? It sucks. But happy trails to all of the ones that we've talked about here today. Rest in peace to all of them. Guys, that's it. I, I got nothing left. I don't have anything emotionally left to talk about. I think we've covered the gamut of things. Um, yeah, difficult week and i'm glad we got a chance to talk about it at the end next week patrick returns for the penultimate episode before we get to 200 episode 199 i'm sure we will have more discussion ahsoka episode 3 will launch before then we will see what we will see um and hopefully it's a better week for all of us let's let the com i think you know they go in threes well they doubled that this week so fuck just Maybe to you re- take a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Universe. Give us, give us a couple of weeks off so we can just kind of like relax a little bit and not have all this crap going on. Football starts up pretty soon. There's some good news. Let's go around the horn before we cut out of here. DJ, I'm going to turn it over to you first. Thank you for coming on the show today. I, I know it was a little bit short notice, but I know you wanted to be on here to talk about some of this stuff. Um, and to give us your insight on Ahsoka. where can people check you out on the uh, X Twitter and all the other social media outlets that you've got going on?
5: Uh, on the on the the X Twitter or the f- app formerly known as Twitter, you can find me at the Mindless Pod. You can also check me out on the Chairshot Radio Network, the part of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are uploaded usually on Saturdays. I, I don't do a whole lot of social media. I think I I have a Mindless Wrestling Podcast Facebook page set up. If you want to go check that out, I try when I try to remember to drop episodes there. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible social media presence, to be honest with you.
2: Well, at least you're honest about it. So that, that, that does help. You know, if you're, if you're man enough to admit your faults, then there you go. Uh, a man who's not, somebody who's not man enough to admit. No, kidding. <laughs> Raymond S. Cashington Esquire. Thank you. Of course, for coming on the show, spending time. I know that, you know, this hits hard for you due to the age that you're talking about and some of the issues that you've, you've dealt with, but thank you for coming on the show. You know, hopefully you get caught up with Ahsoka quicker than you do Flash Gordon, but I'm not going to hold my breath for that. <laughs> the, joke, ah. the joke that never ends. <laughs> Ray, where can people well check you out on on social media? My, friend?
4: Um, I would like for them to instead follow Wyndham Six and go to www.shop.com and buy Bray Wyatt merchandise. All 100% of the proceeds go to his children and his family. Um, help that family. I'll be here. God willing. They can use it right now. So go do that for me.
2: That's a, uh, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. WWE said all the proceeds of any uh, Bray Wyatt merchandise is going to um, his family and yeah, they're going to, they're going to need all the help they can get PC. Tunny as always. Yep. Yeah, as always, you are here uh, on a weekly basis, rain or shine. It's all, it's all PC Tunny. It's not all star Wars. It's all PC Tunny, but where can they check you out on the social media networks and wherever you're lurking these days? Well, you
3: can follow Ray cash at it's Ray cash. You can follow me at PC Tony all over the social (laughs) media interweb. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you uh, check out all our podcasts, sports entertainment and sports entertainment right there. Chair shot radio network, all of your favorite streaming platforms. Don't forget about pro wrestling tees.com forward slash the chair shot. And just try to remember the good, That's about it. I was going to say times. I was going to say things. I was going to say memories. Just remember the good. There's a lot of good. Like, regardless, your interactions with people, enjoy the little things. Remember the little things you know take the time to look around
2: right exactly uh make sure you're checking out the show at bandwagon nerds especially as we get closer to episode 200 which we still don't have any great plans yet it's a work in art i don't know but you can uh remember at bandwagon nerds you can follow me on twitter x x x twitter twitter I e i don't know it's like etsy but with twitter yeah exactly ray break Twixler. it break it down where's dx's song when i did um but Follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Also, make sure you check it out. Patrick's Twitter X account, whatever the hell it is, at Wrestling Realist. Honey, there's a way to spell it. I always get this wrong. Sorry, Pat. There's,
3: there's no I in wrestling.
2: Thank you. Sorry, Pat. I'll get it right. One of these. About the same time Patrick goes through an episode without forgetting somebody's name, I will be able to remember his Twitter handle without fucking it up. Ray's like, I'm drinking to that because that ain't never happening. But, um... That's going to do it for this week. Episode 198. Sorry if it was a little heavy. Um, Sometimes that happens. You know, it's in the history of this show. You know, we were broadcasting the day Kobe died. So it was um, sometimes this stuff happens. Um, Well,
4: I was at the show. I was at the rumble.
2: Yeah. You were at the rumble when this was here in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. But, uh, you know, hug your hug, your loved ones closer. A little bit closer this week. It's been a tough week for all of us. Hopefully listening to us talk about it. Helps you guys get through this stuff. As Tunny says, it does help to talk about it. We will see you next week on bandwagoners. Until then, stay safe. Get out of the basement. Get some sun. Tunny's got one last thing to say.
4: Thechairshot.com. Always use your head.
5: I can't believe you're a professional golfer i think you should be working at the snack bar you better relax bob there is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf all right let's go oh! you like that old man you want a piece of me i don't want a piece of you i want the whole thing oh!
6: How you're gonna get it, Bobby? Get happy.
2: The price is wrong, bitch.
5: I think you've had enough. No? Now you've had enough. Bitch.